0: Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Zen master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Living every day to define man's mission yeah. looking to the sky for divine transmission yeah. death man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. eyes on the prize this is blind damn vision welcome to another edition of the dojo talk podcast I'm your host Serial Sensei. we are on episode number 108 as always be sure to check us out on SoundCloud YouTube iTunes Google Play Um, Backtrack to iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please subsc- subscribe, <laughs> uh, review, and leave a good rating. We would definitely appreciate it. Send questions to Podcast at yahoo.com. Um, you can hit us up on Facebook at the Doto Talk Podcast Facebook page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Um, so, yep, there we go for intros. And as always, of course, I will not be uh, talking about these fights alone because that would be boring i'm joined with my co-host Antaku. what's going on man
1: hey man how you doing
0: it's been a pretty pretty good actually i went to a baby shower yesterday um i need to find out who made the meatballs at the baby shower because i, I need to connect those were some pretty good meatballs hey um, <laughs> but, yeah i'm not I'm not doing too bad it's like you know the, the weather's changing christmas is
1: here
0: yeah and i don't know why like i'm looking past thanksgiving already i think it's because i already started christmas shopping uh that's
1: smart god i should do that
0: yeah i gotta gotta go out today and uh spend more gifts and i want to buy myself stuff but i can't afford to buy myself stuff but you know christmas is here oh and you guys if you haven't uh remembered already uh if you're in the good old u.s clocks went back an hour last night so that that was the thing which means now it'll start getting dark at like four thirty. Whack. <laughs> Which is kind of trash, but uh. Not just kinda. That, that
1: explains <laughs> so much actually, because I was sitting there at like after the fight was over, um, and I was just like, "Why? How is it only one 14? It feels like it's five o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah. I was but, wondering why I felt so refreshed when I woke up.
1: Turns out we're all an hour off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing. But yeah, this week's been pretty uh pretty cool. Uh guess real quick top listens for the week uh in terms of cities. Uh, number 1, Ocala, Florida. Number 2, Seattle, Washington. Number 3, San Francisco, California. Number 4, Washington, D.C. And right at number 5, we got uh, Brooklyn, New York. And right below number 5, uh actually uh, the UK had two cities. Uh, who tied for six and seven with uh, London and probably going to butcher this swat, swaddling coat, U- United Kingdom? So, shout outs to you guys. Appreciate all the Twitter listeners, Tumblr listeners, uh, everybody who shares and reposts. Definitely appreciate you guys. Um, so, I guess we will start off with uh, news and announcements of things that have happened throughout the week. Um, not a ton, but still a few. A few big splashes, I guess, uh, so to speak, worth mentioning. Uh, running from the top, uh, big fight announcement Robert Whitaker, Calvin Gastelum will be going down at UFC 234 uh, February 19th in Melbourne. That should be an awesome fight. Uh, Claudia Gadelia and Nina Anzaroff will be scoring off at UFC 231. Uh, Curtis Melinder and Sire Bahad will be scoring off also at UFC 232 um we have a flyweight fight booked. Um, whoa so that... <laughs> wait.
1: wait wait is it women's flyweight
0: no uh, no the, the eric shelton uh, uh yeah we, we got eric shelton and joseph morales which will be at ufc fight night denver so uh flyweight oh, lives to see
1: another day that, oh, wait that doesn't count that's, that, that's a... this year
0: oh yeah, that is this year
2: <laughs>
1: was i was probably... like oh wait are we talking 2019 i'm like whoa <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: At least for now. For now, Flyweight lives to see another day. We'll, we'll see how next year looks.
1: I feel so bad for those guys. Like they're just all like, there's only like what eight of them booked right now, and like so there's like seventeen to twenty that are just sitting at home wondering if they're gonna have a job next year. Yeah. Like, am I gonna be sold off to one FC? I
0: was saying, like we mentioned last time, unfortunately, like a lot of these guys. I mean, some of them will probably be able to jump to thirty-five, but a lot of these guys, like twenty-five, is just kind of built for them. And there's not really, them going to 35 is not going to help their cause.
1: Yeah, like I'm sure all of them will try and be like, hey, uh, McMaynard, I can totally do 135. But I think we're going to end up with a lot of scenarios. Like, um, do you remember uh, Louis Galdaneau mm. and how he tried to fight, um, who's the big dude? Crap, he's going to kill me. Uh, well, there, there was a Tim Elliott fight in which he looked puny, and Tim was was somebody who could actually make 125, but, Galadino fought, um, shoot, the tall dude, uh, was it? No, it wasn't Colby, um, Johnny Bedford, there we go, hmm. yeah, and that was like a 30-25 proceeding, yeah.
0: Well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, so, if, if they do end up in one, you know, I guess it kind of. Yeah, hopefully, they can just land somewhere. Ho- hopefully, man, because that that would suck to just see. Oh, not 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 just the fact that a whole division could leave, but that like they're not even going to have anywhere else to
1: land, like. But this like they have places to go, like, but it's just like it's not going to be all of them. Yeah. Some of those guys just don't have like don't have the connections. They don't have the 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 infrastructure at home to like sustain fighting overseas because that that's a that's a lot but, like we we kind of undersell here how hard it is for like I don't know if you're a, a, a Swedish fighter and you have to go... Well, I don't know Sweden Sweden has a good English like rate but like if you're someone from I don't know Chile. And you, you, like you're trying to get booked in the UFC, like that's ridiculously hard. That's a lot of hurdles, and it just adds to the
0: the amount of work you already have to do. And exactly, now just a whole another, a whole another issue. But for now, Flyway lives to see another day. <laughs> Hopefully, that continues, but we'll we'll see. Um, continuing on, uh, Petey Yan and Douglas Silva de Andrade. Uh, that fight has been rescheduled. <laughs> For UFC 232. Um, elsewhere in the MMA world. Uh, over at One Championship. Uh, they have a card going down on November 17th. Um, they will be having a title fight. For the now vacant welterweight title. Since Ben Askren is no longer there. Um, that fight will be between. Sebastian Kadastam. And Tyler McGuire. Um, also features a kickboxing bout. Uh, between Nikki Holskin and Cosmo Alexandre. That should be pretty fun. Uh, over in Bellator. At Bellator 210. Uh, we got Joe Schilling versus Jose Leja, Christina Williams versus Bruna Ellen. Uh, Bellator 210 was supposed to feature Melvin Monhoof and Chitty Enjikawani. Uh Melvin Monhoof is now out of that fight, and John Salter will be stepping in as a replacement. And over in Combates Americas, we have Eric Perez versus Andres Ayala, uh, which will headline their card on November 17th. And Combates America will also have a one night, eight man tournament. Uh, on December 7th in Fresno, California. So if you're in Fresno, California, go watch an eight-man
1: tournament. So, I, just, I just remembered what I forgot. Edge McKee, he has a fight. Um, oh. He's going to be on that Tribute to the Troops card, I think. I, I want to say it's the fight they booked for him. And it was against some dude. Ah, like.
0: uh, so he's, he's not getting like a name name.
1: Uh, it it's just like okay, we 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 need a showcase fight for like a yeah. big card.
0: We got to give the troops something to get excited about. So we're going to give AJ McKee against somebody he can probably
1: slaughter. Uh, yeah, hold well, will find the dude's name cuz now I'm not seeing it. I'm I'm now now I'm thinking I might have imagined it, which is scary. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: we'll, we'll, we'll keep a look out uh on that um but elsewhere uh two note two two news well one, one of i'll let you explain the espn plus thing because i'm stupid and i don't understand uh but before we get to that uh if you guys didn't see uh f- former ufc light heavyweight uh stephen bonner was arrested for dui um i literally just watched the video before we started recording uh it
1: uh it was bad <laughs> it was it was very very disheartening um i mean is there any is there ever any time a dui video like a dui arrest video is ever good yeah that is true that is
0: true but this one just looked like i think it just looked so bad because as soon as well, at least the video i saw the 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 moment the video started all you see is stefan bonner it looked like he was ko'd in this driver's seat like his head was turned all the way to the other side. He almost looked like he was barely conscious. Uh, the cops pulled him out of the car. They threw him on the ground. It seemed like him landing on the ground. Was the only thing that kind of like woke him up. Uh, so he got arrested by two cops. And like three random citizens. Who helped pin him down. I don't even think the citizens needed to be there. Because Bonner could barely. It looked like he was barely conscious. I don't even know how he was driving. But that, that was a thing. Um, that happened. So. Please don't be out there drinking and driving, guys. It's not a good look. It is not a good look. Um, and I'll let you explain this ESPN Plus deal because that will be going down. It's coming, folks. Next year. <sighs> next year is not far away at all. We we are
1: we're we're, we're getting there. It is. We're, we're, we're two months and two weeks away from the first ever U- UFC on ESPN Plus card. Um. That will be going down in Brooklyn. So, last night, the UFC released the first three months of their schedule for uh, 2019. Um, We got a total of six ESPN Plus cards, three pay-per-views, and I want to say two shows on ESPN proper. Um, So, the UFC will be debuting on ESPN Plus on January 19th uh, in Brooklyn. I'm kind of curi- I'm curious because that's a big, like that's a big venue for a streaming service card, and if that's um, if that's the direction they're heading with ESPN Plus, that you know maybe that leads to better fights down the road, or, or it like better quality fights than we've seen on like Fight Pass only cards, but um the UFC won't debut on TV on ESPN proper until February seventeenth. Um, that's their card from Phoenix. So I'm assuming... Wait, who do they have from Phoenix? Isn't Justin Gagey from Phoenix? Or is he from, like, Vegas? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know why I always thought he was, like, a Midwest guy. Because I remember they put in that big... Card and I was like, okay, who do they have from Phoenix? Uh, yes, he's from Sadf- uh, Sadford, Arizona. So I'm imagining that's a card that Justin Gaethje will be either co-main eventing or main eventing on. Um, yeah, no uh, the uh, the only uh, the only uh, they don't have locations for the other two ESPN uh, for like three of the ESPN Plus cards, but the other two will be in Brazil and London at the O2 Arena. So, and we're getting eleven straight weeks of cards again
0: <laughs> which means you guys will be hearing from
1: us a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense, like like, okay, this is the lull, like, okay, this is, I guess you could say a lull in like the NFL schedule because you know they have what the one uh like they have 3 games at that point left, the uh, Super Bowl and the two divisional title games. And I don't know, I guess there's basketball, but regular season basketball games don't do like ridiculously good numbers. So
0: one of um Bellator's cards coming up is going to go against um one of UFC's cards, or it might be the other way around cuz I think Bellator had the venue booked first. They're um they're heavyweight tourney uh final oh the one
1: the one in uh this january yeah i
0: think they're i think the ufc booked uh booked a a card that night also i don't think it's like finalized or anything but i think they're going to be going head -head. that's
1: that's the pay-per-view yeah so Uh, that'll be ufc uh, 233 that'll be interesting which i'm assuming is going to be headlined by like tj dillashaw henry Sudo. yeah yeah, they think those are the names.
0: And for uh, other quick, like, rumor notes, um, <laughs> Ben Askren, uh, as you all know, over here in the UFC now. Um, rumors are floating around the two names that I think you and I have both seen that he may get for first opponent uh, will either be Robbie Lawler or Wonderboy. Um, so, and that, that'll probably won't be until next year, so. Uh, just to be on the lookout for that we we probably will be I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, an official announcement coming soon it it seems like the the rumors are swirling around so that that could mean something's brewing around the corner um i thought it was funny that Ben Askren i i Ben Askren is like pondering about why the UFC hasn't announced his arrival and I'm like, dude, you, did you not see how they treated the guy you got traded for? <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did anybody tell you what we do over here? We don't do promotion, man. I I know, I know that's supposed to be a part of the deal, but it only happens for certain people. And I'm sorry, I I don't think you really fit the mold.
1: I mean, I'm um, surprised they highlighted him as much as they did. They they spotlighted him on the um the pay per view last night,
0: right? Yeah, that's about as uh, that's as much you're gonna get. Uh, the rest of the groundwork, sir, you may have to do yourself. Um, yeah, if you're depending on the UFC for promotion, um, that's yeah, not, that's
1: not that's not what they
0: do. Yeah, that's that's not what they do. Good good luck uh, on that front, my friend.
1: <laughs> but, also, like they announced his, so he was he was wondering why they didn't announce his fight yet. Or was he anun- wondering why they announced announce that they signed him?
0: I think it was why they didn't announce that they signed him. Okay, because like, I'm going to say, like, you yeah, should, like should know,
1: like, when his fight is.
0: Yeah, I, like, I think he thought that just, like, oh, I'm a big deal, and they're just going to, you know, hey, Ben Askren's here. But no, no, that's, sorry, bro. That's, uh,
1: wishful thinking on your part. <laughs> like, I can imagine Ben Askren fighting, like, Steph, Wonder Boy and losing, and then like Dana White, just like with a wry smile <laughs> at, the, uh, at the at the at the post fight presser, going like, "Yeah, no, the UFC's different, man."
0: I think Dana White still has him blocked on Twitter. Yep.
1: <laughs> No, like I said, I believe I believe wholeheartedly that the only reason the UFC uh Dan White traded for him was so that he could humiliate Ben Askren and and just fuck him up because he won't stop saying his name on Twitter.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll see. I mean the Lawler and Wonderboy, those won't be won't won't be easy out. Who who do you think he would have a better chance of beating?
1: Uh, probably Lawler. Like, I don't think I like, like I like I I have no idea what type of condition Lars and like the last time we saw him he was falling apart. So like he's he's still a fantastic defensive wrestler. But is 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 he gonna really crack with the same with the same power he's had in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. So I I think Wonderboy's just a weird style matchup for him.
0: I feel like somehow that fight would end up being really boring.
1: I mean, they're both really dull fighters when they're hesitant. So you're not wrong.
0: We'll we'll, we'll see. The the Ben Askren uh, show uh, will 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 continue. <laughs> but um um well you know what before we go along uh quick thoughts uh Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum uh, how do you see the fight going
1: um. It's hard because Whitaker is also falling apart seemingly, like, and he's being eaten apart. Like he, this man, like a year ago, was being eaten alive by like staff. It was destroying his internal organs. I don't know why I laughed. <laughs> he's a warrior; he'll, he'll, he'll get through. Yeah, uh, but, and then he comes out. He has a great fight against um, Yoel Romero, and then he breaks like his forearm or something. Did he break? Was it just his hand? Or did he like tear a like tear a bicep or something? i feel like, like
0: he broke something. He definitely did not leave that fight unscathed. Yeah, you know, something
1: was yeah. So you know, like he th- like, I don't know, like these young champions like Whitaker and Max Holloway. They, they got me worried. Like dude, these guys get to the title, and they just start falling apart. So like I'm worried that from that aspect. If this was just like straight up stylistic matchup or stylistic matchup, I'd be like, dude, Whitaker. Takes Kelvin Gastelum to the woodshed for five rounds because while Kelvin Gastelum is ridiculously tough and is has ridiculously fast hands, he is a plotter through and through, and I just see Whitaker picking him apart in like in ways that like people like Jack Ray just weren't able to.
0: I'm gonna go with the hot take. I got Gastelum taking this belt. All right. I, don't, I don't. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know if he knocks him out. I don't know if he finishes him. I think. I feel, feel like he has all the tools. He just needs to fight a really smart fight. He he needs to have just like that one shining performance, and I I think he's gonna be able to gut it out. Um, but Whitaker is like one of those dudes who, for whatever reason, he just he never dies. Like Yoel Romero should have killed him thirty times, and <laughs> and. Whitaker just kept finding his way back in there, so it's definitely not gonna be an easy fight. But I think of all the the matchups he could get for a title fight, because I don't think like Whitaker is not like a huge. I mean, they both were former welterweights, so I'm just looking at like size and I feel like it's it's a decent matchup for him. Like it's winnable. Like the the Weidman fight, he he could have won. He he probably was like 30 seconds away from winning. If that fight could have kept going, but that size difference, man, like you knew when Wyman took him down, like you, you can't do anything with that. that. That's that's a big, it's a large gentleman.
1: Right, <laughs> and they don't. Get, it's not like they get any smaller at the yeah. top, besides Whitaker. So yeah,
0: so I, I feel like this will be the one matchup where he, the size won't be so much of a, a difference. That it'll be one, one less thing to worry about. But yeah, it won't be an easy fight. But that, that's my hot take. I think I think Gaslam takes the title, and then. He might lose it on his first defense, but um
1: anywho. I mean yep, he was, he'd probably fight Jackaray right next ah, ah we well, we'll we'll get to that we'll we'll get to that Jacare
0: has been in the hyperbolic time chamber <laughs> Jacare has been doing some secret training man but uh we we'll we'll, we'll we'll get to it we'll get to it so um but yeah, that's pretty much it for uh news and notes uh throughout the week. So, I guess we can just uh, pretty much take this from the top. So, UFC 230 went down last night, Madison Square Garden, uh, headlined by Derek Lewis and Daniel Cormier. Um, You know, a lot of hype surrounding this fight. Derek Lewis coming off that crazy comeback, um, crazy comeback knockout over. Oh, God, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Volkov. (laughs) Crazy knockout over Volkov. Pretty much just leapfrog everybody in, into his his title shot and uh, DC's first heavyweight title defense. You know I, I think we all wanted to see, or well, maybe not all of us, but you know a lot of people enjoyed you know Derek Lewis's come up. You know his his personality. He, he's he, he's been the man as of late um, in, in terms of like social media popularity. And I think, I think we all, in the corner of our minds, were were living for that potential championship post-fight interview that we could have got. But if we were being realistic about the situation, the, the chances of that happening weren't very high. Um. <laughs> so this fight was not much of a surprise in the way that it went. Um, honestly, I don't feel like it's really like a ton to dissect, like... I think we all knew coming into this fight, Derek Lewis's only chance to win it had to be by knockout. There was really no, no, no other course of action he could take. So if he couldn't get a knockout, it was probably going to be a long night. Um, he came out with some leg kicks. He threw his little little switch kick, but uh, Cormier <laughs> was able to close the distance. Uh, right after that, took him down, and he just kind of had his way with him, and that's. It was pretty much how most of the fight played out. I mean, props to Lewis in the first round. He he, he you you called it. He does his uh takedown defenses to just stand
1: back up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that happened in the first round. <laughs> like, like listen, there are just some people in this world where they can just do wild shit and nobody can stop them. And when Derrick Lewis wants to stand up, Derrick Lewis is going to stand up.
2: Yeah, he, he just,
0: <laughs> no care in the world, he just, he just gets up, he, he, he stood up,
1: there's no um, technique, nope, <laughs> there's no thought, there's no, like, it's like, okay, this guy's on me, i am just turn over, put my hands down, get my feet, uh, like, under me, and just stand up, <laughs> yeah, he, he,
0: he did it, he, he did it in the first round, and it worked, um,
1: 10-9 checker. for Lewis,
0: <laughs> he he tried to get off some strikes in the second round he threw a pretty powerful one too um but cormier just lighter on the feet faster just overall just more well skilled got him down again and like he didn't really have to really work for his takedowns he just he was kind of just picking his leg and just lewis just kind of tumbling over
1: yeah like there were (laughs) there, there was no josh barnett getting in Tossed on his head, it was just like, okay, I'm gonna grab your leg. Oh, you have never seen this before. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just grab your calf and pull really hard. Yeah. And then definitely. you're gonna fall backwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He he just took him down, controlled him, beat him up. Um, and the, Lewis tried to get back up. Thing I think like his technique is to just I'm just gonna give you my back, and then I'm gonna try to just get up. Um, But second round didn't work. He gave up his back. um, And he ended up getting choked out for it. And that was pretty much it.
1: Sad face, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joey questioned this last night as to why people like Lewis and Rampage and Mayhem Miller are popular. It's because they're memes. Like, Derek Lewis is a walking, talking meme. Same with Rampage. Same with Mayhem. And we all hoped, like we, we like I don't know about you, but like, I know somebody like Darius Lewis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just says whatever the fuck he wants, like, and it's just like casual about it. Like he's not in your face. with he's just like, like. Why, like, and he'll just go about doing his business like in in whatever manner he feels like doing. So, like, I, I get why we wanted Derek Lewis to win. I wanted Derek Lewis to win. Even if that means I had to cough up, like, 80 bucks to get his uh, Reebok kit. But, like, the the best fighters in this sport are the ones who can stop the unexpected I guess it's about like it just they tame chaos and uh, DC is just that dude yep I don't know what that I don't know what that says for heavyweight but D- DC is just let years ahead of <laughs> anything anybody in this division has to offer
0: like we said man like it's at, at heavyweight, if you're competent and you have power, you'll be good. Cormier has that plus, like, actual, legit, world-class skill set. So, like, even at his age, it's kind of like, I don't know what the rest of you guys are going to do with this.
1: Apparently, he almost pulled out of this fight because he sneezed really hard in the morning and threw out his back. <laughs> I
0: did read that. <laughs> he, he said he didn't start feeling better until about 5 p.m., <laughs> That's not the most dead injury. (laughs) (laughs) You imagine, like, he just woke up. He's sitting on like his recliner chair watching ESPN. (laughs) (laughs) He just just sneezes really hard. (laughs) He's probably calling over to his wife, Sharon. I don't even know if his wife's name is Sharon. Oh man, I'm glad he made it though. I'm glad he made it. I'm glad glad he made the walk. But that that is the most bad injury I've ever heard. <laughs>
1: man, I, feel, I feel bad for both guys, like a little bit. Like I mean, like how bad can you feel for two guys who probably made upwards of a million dollars? Um, but like Dave Meltzer put out a piece about like how this fight devalued the heavyweight title not because Lewis wasn't like a worthy challenger, but like The USC calls an audible. Um, and we'll and we'll get to what almost happened later when we get to the Eubanks fight. But um, like one month to prepare for a heavyweight title, especially for Lewis, who got his ass handed to him for like fourteen minutes last month. Like, yeah, that, that's that, that seems cheap. Yeah, and
0: n- not that I think a full camp honestly would have went a ton different but still that's that's a that's a tough task yeah. especially for a guy who was like his main weakness is cardio and now you're just giving me a month I, I think he
1: said he didn't train any mma this month like he was just like yeah no i worked on cardio uh, which and that that yeah did not help which you can only do a
0: heavyweight yeah. so and I, I guess this means the the, the brock fight is I feel like that's most likely looming around the corner. Yep. And on, on one hand, I'm, I'm torn. I don't want to see it because, and I, I've caped for Brock a lot in the past. Um, he's legitimately
1: at, one of the top ten heavyweights in the world if he chose to do MMA full time. Yeah. Or even if he does it part time, he's still probably one of them.
0: But it's just like at this point, because he just it just seems like Brock just gets to come and go as he pleases, and he's still rewarded for his behavior. So it's just kind of like, yeah, like I don't, I kind of don't really want to, like if Brock was to get like a tune-up, I don't, I don't really want to say tune-up, but if he could come in and fight like I I don't know, anybody in the top ten, and, and then get a title shot, all right, cool, whatever, but he, they just kind of throw him in there. That's probably what's gonna happen. Um, and I kind of just don't like the way that's really set up. But on the other hand, uh, for Cormier, I, I feel like it's a good thing because.
1: He gets to leave on an easy fight and, yeah, and pay like, like
0: $5 million. Right. <laughs> it's like if you guys aren't aware, like, Cormier is like 40-something. He's, he's
1: about 40. 39 and he's going to be 40 in March. And yeah. That's when he wants to retire.
0: Yeah. Like, we're not going to have Cormier for much longer. And for a guy who's as skilled as he is, as talented as he is, uh, and, and even though admittedly in the past I have rooted against him uh, in, the, in every John Jones fight, <laughs> I have fruit, fruited against him, but like in the spirit of fairness, like he literally is one of the greatest fighters that's ever stepped in the cage, and he just kind of has been in a somewhat similar vein to like D J, just kind of like underappreciated. I think like people just hold the Jones losses over his head and kind of just act like the rest of his career doesn't matter. Um, like we're we're about to lose this guy, but if if he can leave on a good payday, that's great for him. He's definitely earned it. Um so hey man, get get your payday. Go go send Brock somewhere else and go go coast off in the sun
1: and I mean dude has offers out the wazoo for when he retires, like um this is actually pretty funny because Brock Lesnar just re won the um the heavy the WWE Universal title. Um and you know that that's they're he's basically gonna hold it to the Royal Rumble, which is the day after um January 26th the Anaheim pay-per-view which is what they originally wanted the um uh, the uh the, 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 the that fight uh, the the DC Lesnar fight um hmm. so like it, i I just it's really funny cuz like Fox um uh, Big Fox they just bought Smackdown and they're debuting October, November next year, something like that, 2019, and, uh, they want DC to be commentary for SmackDown. I can see it. I mean, yeah, like, he's a lifetime wrestling fan, um, and apparently Fox wants a more, uh, sports-oriented broadcasting style and story, like, and just show in general for SmackDown in the future, that, like, DC's your best dude for that, um, and, at the same time, like, Daniel Wade's talking about, yeah, like, DC might be the guy to replace me moving forward. Like, he, he's doing all these interviews, and he's really putting over Derek Lewis, and it's just like, wow, is it it's incredible. Yeah, uh,
0: life after fighting will definitely treat him well. Like, he's he's charismatic. He, he He's, like, charismatic and fun in the dad kind of way. But, like, I, I feel like he's a... I don't know about MMA fans. MMA fans are fickle and weird. But I feel like the world at large, like people who aren't like familiar with him but like if they just knew his personality like he's a likable person he he, he comes across like very friendly but he's smart he's knowledgeable he has everything you would want and like a commentator or like we talked about before we started recording a guy who you could just plug into a random commercial like D- dc could sell you a car he, he could sell you a grill <laughs> he could DC could do a lot of things. D- DC is going
1: to be out here moving power tools. It's yeah. going to be amazing.
0: <laughs> he, he's going to say those sweat, those sweatpants. He was <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like like DC D- D- has a pretty bright, bright future, man. Like I, 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 think some of his best years are probably still ahead of him. Yeah, he, I, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be around for a while, man. He, he's, he's a very likable guy. He's really smart. He, he's been around the block, and I could definitely see him like if he doesn't own like a fight organization, he, he would be like a good spokesman, a good front man, a good figurehead.
1: Hey, that's um, a dude you want to give a job when he's done fighting.
0: Right. Yeah. You, you definitely want to keep somebody like that in your company. Cause he, he could definitely help, help grow your sport, help grow your brand a lot. Cause he, he I don't doubt for a second. He, he definitely knows what he's doing. He, he definitely knows what he's doing. But, um, yeah, man, there, uh, dDC D- cormier the double champ <laughs> he now made history defending both titles um, which has never been done before so uh, or at least in the UFC it hasn't so shout out to him man did awesome pretty much flawless performance and we'll we'll probably get him for maybe one or two more fights and he's he'll he'll probably sail on out of here but uh good good win on him and derek Lewis pretty sure we haven't seen the last of him he'll he'll be back uh, hopefully he's enjoying his Popeyes somewhere. Get, get a biscuit and sit down and chill out for a little bit. I mean, you say that, but
1: Derek Lewis just got paid an S-ton of money. He did. He's 39. He's, his back hurts all the time. Like, I, I wouldn't begrudge him for leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I wouldn't either. He, yeah, he's had a nice run. But I feel like a lot of people are just now kind of like catching on to his run, but he's been around for a, a little bit and managed to make... <laughs> We we've said this over and over. For a guy of his skill set, he hung around way longer than you're supposed to. And I don't mean that as a diss, but it's just like <laughs> he's just one of those guys where it's like you would have thought by now
1: they would have figured him
0: out. Yeah, they'd have figured a way to get him out of here. But no, nah, he he's he's still here, dude. Like his,
1: his resume is like even going back to pre UFC, he's like this dude beat Jared Rochelle. Like it's incredible. Like, just... He is... Like, he's a fighter that can only exist at heavyweight. Yeah. Let's just be nice about
0: it. But, uh... Shout-out to both gentlemen, man. Definitely just... Best of luck to both of them in the future. And, uh... Hopefully we'll get to see them both back. Um... This co-main event. This, for me, was, like, my main event. This was the fight that I was most excited about on this card. And... It was placed perfectly because of how the fight before this went, which we'll get to. <laughs> but uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza and and Chris Wadman, um, I was really my my fanhood will always make me pull for Jacare pr- pretty much no matter who he's fighting. Um, my first thought was this, on this fight was I just thought it was weird that these two had never fought before.
1: See, like, that's, for some... <laughs> that's the same thing I thought I had. It was like, wow. Because, Cause if, like, if this fight, well, Chris was always hurt. That's probably the big yeah, reason why it never happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Jacare had his little tear. And uh, Wadman was either, like, at a title fight, like, and Jacare was still in his come up, or yeah, Wadman was probably on the sidelines. But they've always, for the last however long they've been fighting, have been consistently, like, <laughs> top five middleweights. And they've they've always just kinda lingered around. They've they've never gone away. And now they finally cross paths. Um It it was hard to pick this fight because Jocker's getting older. And I was like, I don't know if just like he'll be able to hold up. But then I look over at Wyman and it's like this is a guy who's you know, he's hurt a lot. His his body sometimes just seems like it's it's breaking down.
1: The oh, man is yeah. on like a full, is uh, like uh, on on track to just be the next Ceno Ortiz. Yeah, like cracked yeah. skull, like missing vertebrae. Yeah.
0: It sadly like it his his body just he has taken a lot of punishment <laughs> in his career, but um nah man this it's crazy because it's old uh, oh they're not like super old but both of these guys are are. are veterans in every sense of the word they're getting older their bodies are, are both like respectively breaking down but I feel like this is the best performance I've seen from like both of them and it's in some ways like this is the sharpest Jacare striking has ever looked um he's he's always he's a powerful striker and he's still not like the 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 most like super technical but, but judging on Jacare standards, this is the most technical I've seen in striking. Um, he did a beautiful job of mixing his striking up. I love that um, that left hook to the body that he threw constantly was beautiful to watch. Um, at times he had really good head movement, um, and of course, you know he, he's throwing that power right hand. That's 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 always the thing that's coming. So he just did a really good job of mixing his striking up. He clipped Weidman a lot. But Wadman on on his front looked excellent as well. Um For about yeah, round and a half. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but his striking to me, this was some of the better one of the better striking performances I've seen from him. Like his his boxing looked really good. He was doubling up on his jab. He was also uh they they were both rocking each other. They were both landing really really hard shots. Um I thought it was interesting. I wanted to see if either one of them would go for a takedown and that that didn't really happen. Like at one point, uh Widman tried to drag him down and Souza hit a um hit a roll and got out of it and that was pretty much the last that we saw of, like grappling other than to maybe like being against the cage. So, you saw two really good grapplers who just decided not to grapple <laughs> and just kind of have a, you know, we're we're just going to stand and kickbox and And shoes also threw a lot of good leg kicks in this fight too, Um, but nah man, this was well deserving. Mm, Should I say this was fight of the night? I don't know. I mean, it was. It was. It yeah, it got fight of the night. I was thinking about the Lando fight because that was pretty awesome too. No, I'm not mad at this getting fight of the night. Like, for these are two of the best middleweights like pretty much ever, Um, finally clashing, and. I was afraid that it would just be turning into like an old man fight. But, like, I was really hyped and excited all through of this fight. It was really back and forth. Both dudes were clipping each other, landing lots of good shots. Um, I was afraid for Jacare in the second. Because in the second round, he just came out looking for a brawl, and I thought he was going to gas himself out. But I, I thought his cardio held up pretty decent, considering, like, the pace that this fight was, because they were just going, like, there, there wasn't a lot of sitting around and standing around man they were they were really going after each other um so that was awesome and the finish man um <laughs> jesus christ um I'm mean, like I said they both were landing flurries back and forth stunning each other knocking each other over jockeray started to get the better of it court wyman uh back kind of against the cage throws a right hand that just like goes right into like Wabin's head slash like temple and the way he just fell back and just like head nearly bounced off the ground. He looked like he had no idea what was happening. I mean like he grabbed Jacare's leg, but I think that was just kind of an instinct thing because if you look, when he grabbed his leg, he didn't really move anywhere. Like he, he just kind of grabbed his leg and he was just holding it. He wasn't really doing anything. Um, Jockery looked at Dan Murphyado like, "Listen man, we we don't need to do this anymore." And Dan like, kept the fight. Yeah, he, he pretty it. much gave him he gave him the mortal combat cue <laughs> to to do the fatality. Jockery landed a few like hammer fists to the head that he just didn't even want to do, but he did it just because he had to. Uh and then the fight was over. Um but not nah, this this was a really amazing this was an awesome fight, man. I I was just super excited. Jacare is probably one of his, if not his biggest win of his career, um, against a former champion, Wildman, just an amazing fight, and just capped off with a, you, you, you don't, finishes don't get much better than that, like, that was a really violent, <laughs> just sudden finish that just kind of, kind of happened, but not great performance from both, man, this was an amazing fight, um, <clears throat> Had it not been a finish, it would have been awesome to see this go five rounds. But, no, nah, man, just awesome performance from Jacare. Great performance from, from both fighters. But I, I was ecstatic that Jacare pulled this one out, man. Really, really good win for him.
1: I love it. All right. Um, yeah, no, like you said, they both look great. Like, uh, I was actually surprised. Like, more on Chris's part, I was surprised with how great he looked. Because, like, Jacare looked good against... um. Kelvin Gastelum but Gastelum is like 25 and fights you know like like he's just constantly plugged into the wall like just, there's no restraint on how many punches he can throw and like with the pace he can. so like uh, when he I, I, I figured Jack Ray would look better against a guy like Chris Weidman who slows down as the fight went on I, I was just kind of worried like okay like how's he gonna be able to get inside um he did great um what he did was in the second round as he was coming forward he would throw just like these looping left and right hooks that they weren't really to actually um like like land there were just ways for him to get Chris Wyman to cover up so he could go around the head and grab and get on the inside like those body hooks just so like like so he could actually close this and actually get wyman like so, question. Um, when did Weidman become like an outfighter? <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe a, a few body shots and hooks. I don't know.
1: Because like, like, the Wyman who fought Machida and who fought Silva was a come forward dude who was just really long. So he would hit you with the jab. Forward. But, like, here, he was, like, on the outside, like, trying to, you know, keep uh, Jacare off him. He was doing a really good job of it in the first round. But, like, if Weidman isn't setting the pace, he fades really quick. Like, there were people talking about, like, oh, Weidman should retire because his Chin Shot and uh, X, Y, and Z. And, like, I'm like, all of Weidman's, uh, he's one in four in his last five. And he's been knocked down in all five. And he's been knocked down in four of them. But... All of Wyman's like finishes seem to come when he's just fucking tired, like really, really tired. Like he didn't get knocked out versus Masashi; like, he wasn't out, out. He, he was just like, "Dude, I'm too tired to get back up. I'm going to milk this illegal knee." And then it turned out the knee wasn't illegal, and when he went to go back up, it was just too late. Like against Romero, that's like that's not even fair because you'll Romero, Romero him with like the hardest flying knee I think I've ever seen a, a human being take. I guess Rockhold, he took, like... He took two rounds of Rockhold beating the crap out of him before he actually got the stoppage. So, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with Chris Robinson's chin. But his approach to fighting is just going to tire him out if he doesn't get guys out of there early or if he's not setting the pace for the complete... Like, the the totality of the fight. He's going to get tired, and he's going to be easier to hit. So... Like, that's why... I understand when he fought him but he was just like okay i'm just gonna wait for chris weidman to tie himself out but like you have to actually tire weidman out and once you do that the opportunity presents itself to knock him out that's why i really want to see him at 205
0: and that was my thought like as i watched this fight because i was like this weidman at 205 in the moments where he was coming forward he would like double up on his jab and his boxing was looking good i was like you can't tell me that this Wideman at 205 isn't giving some people the blues or you know exact, yeah yeah he'll be up there like <laughs> just another performance that shows like dude just just go up
1: please
0: just just try it <laughs> just just try it. <laughs> just try it see if you like it just
1: i, I don't yeah. get why he's so hell-bent on trying to win back the middleweight title like, you got it, you defended it three times, try something new. DC's gone. John Jones will probably be gone before long if he wins the title. And, and like, if, Gasol, uh, if Gustafson wins, like, what, what are the odds that Gustafson sticks around very much longer? Or, or doesn't get hurt and is gone for, like, a year? No. And, I mean, half, <laughs>
0: half of the guys up there now are, are, were 205ers anyway. Just... Just, just go join the fray of you know former middleweights who are just jumping to two hundred five and doing big things. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just, just go jump up there. But yeah, it, it kind of sucks for him because he was putting on a really good performance and then it just As it he, just seemed like that kind of happens to him. Like he'll start off doing really well and then he wins the first
1: out. round of every single fight he's in. Like, I, I, he's never lost the first round. he he won the first against Romero won the first against Rockhold won the first against Gegard but somewhere in the second round he just it it just all falls apart for him
0: do you think at all it would have helped or would have made a difference if he would have tried or attempted any more takedowns, or do you think what he did was do you think he played it smart by just kind of sticking to the to the striking
1: I think the worry from his team was okay if we shoot on Jacare maybe we get him down maybe we don't but Weidman's going to tire himself out trying i think that's where he's at right now
0: because one, one of my fears was you know of, of course we all know how, how skilled jacquery is on the ground but like wideman has one of those top games because he's just so strong i was like dude if he can if he gets on top of Souza and he can find himself in, like a mount that, that might be out of here but yeah, I'm not gonna fault him for not doing the takedowns. That's that's uh, Jocker is one of those guys. I think he's earned that respect. Don't don't play with that. That's that could not end well for you. Right, um, and you and, might and, not have even made it to the third round. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he was like we said. Like, he was having like huge success early with that jab. And the problem is like he, he he didn't really follow it up. He he would throw the um, the, the the cross or the right hook occasionally, but. It just was enough to keep Jack Ray from coming forward and pushing the base on him. Uh, busted his nose up pretty good too. Yeah, no, nah, like he said, it wasn't <laughs> broken in the in the um in the post fight, but like I, it's hard to imagine it wasn't. Yeah, because it was blood. Blood, blood was
0: definitely flowing out of that nose. But nah, man, that if if you don't watch any other fight on this card, go back and watch this this fight man amazing as, as much as we <laughs> as much as we make fun of the middleweight division sometimes you know all, all the tough dads running around um th- this was a really good fight man like this 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 exceeded my expectations i i didn't think this a part of me thought this was going to be one of those fights that would be good for like a round and then two rounds later I'd be like ah, oh, why am i watching this cuz jockery looks old and now this isn't fun anymore but no, nah, this this was amazing. This is awesome to watch. And as a Jacare fan, it, it doesn't get... Aside from winning a title, I don't think it gets much better than this. This, this might be the happiest we'll get, and I, I will take it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, amazing fight from, from both middleweights. Definitely, definitely, definitely go watch that fight. Um, now, moving on to a fight that had the exact opposite <laughs> effect of <laughs> what this fight
1: did. Um, I mean we for being real david branch's best weight is 205. he just doesn't he just doesn't realize it for some yeah. reason
0: yeah he's another guy who definitely definitely should have went to 205
1: and instead he's but, like um, i want to fight yoel romero and luke rockhold and freaking a jared Cannonier. Yeah.
0: so jared Cannonier, david branch uh need i remind you guys that I think the first time we saw Cannon there was a heavyweight. <laughs> so he he's now made his way down to hundred and eighty-five pounds. Um he is a brick of a gentleman <laughs> at one eighty five. Um I mean Branch 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 started out decent. He wasn't really able to inflict like a ton of damage, but he, he was doing decent on the feet. He was able to get takedowns. He he couldn't he didn't do a lot with his takedowns but it seemed like he was having a good like he, he was just able to execute them so i was like at 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 worst you know maybe this won't be the most exciting fight but maybe branch will just be able to take him down and control him and just kind of get a decision out of it because cananair won't be able to stop it but uh, you know eventually but cananair was finding his way back to his feet um and th- there were just points of caution because when they did throw you you could definitely tell that cananair hit harder um and yeah he uh he ended up landing one of those hard ones (laughs) and branch kind of kind of curled up um he ate some ground and pound uh yeah he lost (laughs) Um, (laughs) this fight kind of i don't hide my biases on this show i was really hurt (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to see David Branch go out like that, man. He, it wasn't bad enough that he just—it was just he—he—he he, he caught the curl up KO, and that—that that just never looks good. But, I mean, good on Cannon there, man. Um,
1: oh, putting Alaska I, on the map, man.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, he—he he moved from Alaska to Arizona, and that move definitely seems to have paid off. Um, I—I I think he bought his power to, to 185 with him. Um. De- definitely you don't you, you, you come down to 85 you fight a top 10 opponent and you fight like a real vet like people it, we we jokingly joke about branch but like if you followed branch's career like former 2 weight champion dude is extremely underrated he's very well rounded as a fighter he's been there done that he's fought he, he's fought a lot of a lot of top guys out there so to come down to 185 this be your first fight at 85 and to have this kind of performance, especially that you end with a finish like that's that's a pretty big deal um definitely the the biggest fight of Cannonier's career um and he he just ended it with a with a stamp like and he showed improvement like he was able to get back up from those takedowns he he didn't get rattled, and when he was able to fire like it 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 counted and he he got he, he got poor Dave Branch out of there. I didn't want to see it, but you know, got, got to give props where it's due. He he did his thing.
1: Um, yeah, like you said, shout, like freaking God. I remember years ago. Um, somebody told me about cannoneer because he had just got signed to the UFC and like they were from Alaska and they 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 hooked me up with all the great Alaskan talent like Andy Entz and um, God, the dude he beat at AFC, like, for those who don't remember, Andy Enns is, like, one of those dudes who, I think he fought Uriah Hall in, like, the fight to get into the house on that season of tough. I think that's where I remember him from. So, um, yeah, so, I remember, like, they sent me a video of him, like, hitting pads and stuff. I'm like, wow, this dude has some of the... Not like the cleanest technique, but the most fluid hands I've seen on like a heavyweight. And, you know, then he goes and loses like 70 pounds and carries that down to a middleweight. Mm. Um, Dude, do, do like, like, and maybe this is just because it was David Branch. He fought, and David Branch, like, he's very well rounded and very, he's not a bad striker. We, we just saw him knock out Thiago Santos, but he's not very quick. And he kind of leaves his arms out there to like he's a long dude, so like it takes him a little bit longer to bring his arms back for like to guard. So we we see him like reach for things and then he gets countered, and that's kind of what happened here. Cannonier um, cracked him with a left hand. Um, yeah, just all around amazing performance from Cannonier. He stopped basically all the takedowns. Like he got. Um, he, he he got taken down but he, he immediately pops right back up every single time um uh 34 years old that I, I don't know if you consider him a prospect or if he's like I I I don't know what that the age curve is for uh for middleweight like the the two dudes we just talked about Chris Wiseman and uh Jack Ray Souza they, they, they've been in this for a minute, and they just both put on the best performances of their careers, in theory. Um, or at least they look the sharpest they've ever had, so. Maybe Canineer, uh continues to just grow and round out, and he becomes, like, a real staple at the top of middleweight. Um,
0: I mean, after knocking out Branch, I can imagine you can't really go back now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, I don't... Normally shout out Dana White, but shouts to Dana because he 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 um he he came out and said like yeah I brushed Jared Canear when he was at two hundred five, like they put him in there with Gavretochera, they put him in there with Jan Blahovic, they put him in there with um, Dominic Reyes, which is a little different, but still, like like the, some dudes require care, and Canear is one of those dudes. Like he he is rounding out his game. Slowly, but, like, carefully, so, and, no, no, no shots at Alaska, but this is a dude who started his career in, like, training at a small gym in Alaska, then got to the UFC and went down to Arizona, so he's only really been, like, he's only been at a, a professional elite level gym for, like, four years, yeah, so he's still learning and growing, and, I'm 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 hopeful for what he can become, because like the the all the physical tools are there. So it, it's just all about what comes next. Well,
0: we'll, we'll see. He, he's definitely uh he's he's inserted himself as a new face, pr- pretty much by default by knocking out Dave Brand yeah. <laughs> So he's he, he's thrown himself in that that mix of. Of guys, we're kind of just like in that middle of the batch who, you know, just need to string together a few good performances to make their way up. But he's he's definitely a that definitely insert new player here. He's 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 here now. But um, yeah, great great performance on him. Uh, be interested to see who they match him up next, uh, with. But that that power he definitely brought down with him. So, uh,
1: be beware of the hands. Let me, let uh, me just check on that rope. So let's see who there is for him to fight that isn't like Yoel Romero or Luke Rockhold. Um, Pado Costa, Costa, who I think is fighting Yoel Romero in January. Um, they could do Derek Brunson, who we'll get to in, in, in a minute. Yeah. Brad Tavares, Elias Theodoru, uh Uriah Hall, I mean, none of those are bad fights.
0: I think a guy like, uh, I think like a Theodore would be good for him. Or, I don't want to see the Hall fight because I just don't want to see a Hall potentially get knocked out.
1: There's <laughs> like a guy,
0: Yakko. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those are good names. Like, those are, like, they're competent fighters. They're, they present challenges for Cannoneer, but they're, they're winnable fights. Right. And at the same time, like, if he beats them, it, it, it says something still like those are still like names of quality so yeah i think there are a couple like those guys at middleweight just kind of like middle of the pack um that they they could match him up with um, or even like somebody from this next fight that we'll get into <laughs> um moving on to the next fight didn't realize there were so many middleweight fights on this card yeah, it's
1: a four fight uh middleweight card um, which which you know, could have gone really badly if you, right so.
0: <laughs> on any other night this probably would have been a disaster, <laughs> but it it worked out pretty well uh, for this card. Uh, next fight Carl Roberson and Jack Marshman. Um, I unfortunately don't remember this fight in a ton of detail, but I remember like Roberson was was really athletic. He was landing a lot of hard shots. I remember just thinking that Marshman has a really good chin because he just he ate a lot of shots in this fight um he made it competitive he, he was definitely throwing back I, I think it was at one point he threw like a seven punch combination i don't know if it landed but he, he was out there throwing he didn't lose for lack of effort um <laughs> both both guys really put on a, a really good performance but like Roberson was just winning every round but it was still entertaining to watch um good good performance for a guy who came from the contender series um uh, and Roberson just good to, good to see those guys get wins because like I said my, my perception of a lot of the fighters from the contender series is that a lot of them are really good they're good fighters and like you see the talent but like a lot of them are just they're still really green um and well yeah they're not, all not,
1: prospects like yeah that that's the, like that's the gift and the curse of getting like getting that rock like that um that rocket's asked your back like you, you you get put in big situations probably, but 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 you get put there before you're probably ready.
0: Yeah, and like they, they you know you're you're coming from the contender series, you're on a pay per view, um on, on a pretty big card. So, but no, nah, he he definitely performed well. And I, I want to say I think Roberson had like injured his knee or something in one of these rounds. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I remember um, that in the post fight, he was saying he yeah. kicked him really hard or something, and like he's just like, "fuck it, we're not doing that no yeah. more." right <laughs>
0: but he he definitely gutted it
1: out um not for for if you want to look
0: at a new face at middleweight you know somebody just like i said not not he's not gonna be in like a title fight anytime soon you know but barring any crazy run he could potentially go on but just if you want a new face just somebody to like keep an eye on who, who put on good fight somebody who's athletic explosive uh, good striker, pr- pretty good, decent overall fighter. Carl is definitely somebody to to uh to look out for, but um yeah, he he won a decision over Jack Marshman. Uh but like I said, Marshman didn't lose for lack of effort. Both guys were throwing, uh, but Roberson just was getting the better of it.
1: Right. Right. <clears throat> um I not know. I didn't know Robeson, I didn't know Roberson was from Jersey, so He's my new favorite fighter.
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty much that fight. Um, rounding out the main card, this this was a this was a fun one. A lot, lot of hype around this fight also, especially after the the weigh-ins. Uh, Israel Adesanya and Derek Brunson. Um, man, oh man. So, A
1: walk in I the mean, garden, we, bro. <laughs> we
0: we said after uh, uh, Adesanya's win, I think, over Tavares, we're like, you're, you're starting to throw him in there with names now, so there's no retracting. You can't go back to just fighting the random Joe Schmoes of middleweight.
1: No more Marvin so, Vittori's.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he's suspended now. I think, I think he had an anti-doping violation. Uh, Italy. But, uh... Yeah, so Adesanya's in there with Derek Brunson, another top middleweight, uh, another guy who potentially presented some some challenges for Adesanya. Uh, Brunson, obviously, you know, he can hit really hard, he can wrestle, and everybody's trying to zoom, you know, everybody's trying to put the target on Adesanya's takedown defense. Um, So, you know, of course it's expected that when this fight started, Brunson's going for takedowns. He's trying to push him up against the cage. Trying to take him down, trying to wear him out, all that good stuff. But here's the thing when you fight Adesanya. Of course you want to try for the takedown because that's obviously the one part of his game that we, we all know he has to work on. But the thing is, is if you can't take Adesanya down, it's probably not going to be a good night for you.
1: Because well, well, uh, Let's put it this way. If you can't take Adesanya down on your first attempt, maybe don't keep spamming them. <laughs> but here, here's the
0: other thing where I knew this was just going to be a bad night for Brunson I think to beat Adesanya if you can't take him down you, you need to have a good overall skill set and while Derek Brunson is a, a a power he like he we've seen him put people to sleep he can hit hard he is not a very like technical striker and we're talking about Adesanya who was like a very Highly accomplished kickboxer. Uh, highly accomplished martial artist. Like in general. Like this is a dude who on his feet. Like he he does this. Like he, he's, he is about this life. So if you're going to strike with him. Like you being just a power puncher. Probably isn't going to be enough. Um, because Adasanya is. A technician. a A just very highly skilled striker. And. What was awesome to watch about this fight was, like you said, Brunson spammed some takedowns. They didn't work out. When Adesanya strikes, he is like... And I'm not drawing comparisons, but it it reminds me somewhat of Anderson Silva. Because I think both of them, they don't throw just to throw. Like... They throw with accuracy. They throw with intent. They throw when they know like they're going to land. Like Adesanya isn't just out here being super flashy, swinging at air, you know. That knee that he landed wasn't of mistake. That wasn't just some fluke like, oh, I just threw this up and his face happened to be there. He knew Brunson was spamming takedowns. (laughs) So, I have this little bit of space in between us for this split second. I know he's going to come in and try to take me down because he knows he can't see me on the feet. He goes for a takedown. I'm gonna place my knee right here. Boom, knee meets face. Brunson has no idea. Br- Brunson's on Square Street. His, 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 his legs are falling from underneath him. And I mean, if you look at all of the strikes he landed after that knee, these were all like pinpoint accurate. I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna get you out of here. Like I think he need him. He caught him on the left, caught him on the right. He stumbled Brunson a number of times. He dropped Brunson like twice. <laughs> Um, but like I said, if you look at all of the strikes that led to that finish, all of like just the knees and like the series of punches that he threw, these were all like super pinpoint, super accurate, and just all landed really clean. And that last, like Brunson had got stumbled down, got back up, got knocked down again. And then I think that was Herb Dean who ref that fight. Uh just kind of waved it off yeah and i wasn't mad at the stoppage because i think we all kind of knew where that fight was going like when you get dropped that many times and this guy just kind of effortlessly just lefts rights uppercuts knees you can't take him down you you, you keep getting dropped you you don't really have much there's not much else you can do man like you're the, the game plan you had, you tried, it didn't work, and then he lit you up on the feet, and that was all she wrote. And now Adesanya is 15 and 0, I think. Uh, something like that, 14 and 0, uh, undefeated in in the UFC. Last few fights have been against much tougher competition. He's clearly showing that he's worked on his takedown defense. His striking is already <laughs> like top in the division. Not not a lot of other guys who are as technical as accurate um, as he is. It's kind of scary that he's getting better. That doesn't bode well, I think, for a lot of people. Um, I, I still think Brunson is you know he is a good wrestler, um, but I still think like a I don't know Adesanya's size for some reason still does bother me. He, he's one of those guys that I think he's just stuck at 185 he'd be he can't cut there's nothing left for him to cut weight to go to welterweight and he's definitely way too small at, to go at 205 so he's just kind of middleweight is just kind I think he's just gonna be stuck there and in, in, in limbo Um, so the the size is just something I think he's just gonna have to learn to deal with but hey, apparently he is it's working he's undefeated so far <laughs> Size hasn't been an issue. Brunson was definitely, like, the thicker of the two. It, it looked like he would be the stronger fighter. But it didn't matter. It just... It, it didn't matter. Tech technique just seemed to prevail. <laughs> and as long as he can keep stuff and takedowns, it's, good luck to the rest of you guys. All right.
1: Um... I, like, we met... Like, this was some, some really great matchmaking and Sean Shelby's part. Um... Uh, we we talked about after he beat Tavares, but like if if you're going to give Israel Adesanya somebody, like an MMA fighter, you know, your best bet is probably to give him somebody who's wild and who is recklessly aggressive, and if you, you, if you really want to show him off. I, I think we named Derek Brunson as the guy who was like, okay, if the UFC really wants to show him off and if Israel Adesanya is for real, for real, he, they should match him up with Derek Brunson because... I'd probably him in the head, as he choose for a tape. <laughs> I want to say that's exactly what we said, and it turned out to be true. Um Like we are safely, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say we are safely past just taking Israel Adesanya down as like a game plan. We are into the sphere where he is a real MMA fighter. He, he knows what he's doing in there. So if if you're going to take him down, you have to go in there with a game plan and, like, with, with some tactics. Like, you're going to have to use your hands. You're going to use, you're gonna have to set yourself up. You're going to have to circle. You're just not going to be able to dive in on a double leg and, you know, run through it like Marvin Vittori did. Even Marvin to- Vittori, like, he was only able to get him down after, like, two rounds of just kickboxing with him. Like you have to set an expectation and then subvert it if you're gonna get Adesanya down. Um, I mean this, uh, yeah, like this fight couldn't have gotten any better for him. He stuffed eight takedowns, and then proceeded to knock him out with less than ten seconds left in the round. Um, we could be heading to like an all Australia slash New Zealand middleweight title fight. Yeah, it's, uh,
0: I saw a comment the other day, uh, no, not the other day, after this performance, um, do you, do you think, it's kind of hard to say, the, the, the the whole being a star thing, do do you think they could mold him into a star, Uh, Uh, or will he be one of those guys who's, like, really highly skilled, but he'll just kind of be under...
1: I don't know if appreciated the word, but um, I don't think the U, the UFC is not going to mold him into a star. If Israel Assange is going to be a star, is going to be a star because he goes and does crazy shit like what he did and then talk shit. You know what I mean? No. Like it, it is all dependent on him. Um, I do I think he can be a star in the sport. Absolutely, he, he is young. He's young enough. He is. Skilled enough, he has everything going for him in terms of just like what um, what it takes to be a star. Um, Fighting style, personality, um, backgrounds—like I think he can be. It's all contingent on like just putting him in the right places and him winning all the fights he needs to win. Have you seen his uh, show with Dan Hooker? I have not. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I got, I got to check that out. Was it called like Frenemies? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. He he he. Seemed like
0: he does have the, those like star intangibles that you would want. Um, but I, I feel like we've said this pretty much after all of his fights. The du- dude is on the map. He's legit. It's it's the real deal. This isn't a charade. This isn't. These these wins aren't fluke. It's not luck. It's, he's it's, past
1: blow. He's past beating bloated, past their prime lightweights like Melvin Gillard. Right. <laughs> like
0: yeah. This isn't that. This dude is. He is. He's a legit. He's a legit top talent. Um. And and in a, a division like we said, the the, the tough dad division, in, in need of newer, fresher, younger faces. He, he is a breath of fresh air he, he is the young <laughs> dad at the party right <laughs> like he's the dad who like just had his first kid exactly yeah he, he's that dad um he has to go to the older dads for advice and stuff. Uh, but nah man Israel it, right Adesanya man this this dude is his striking is just a, a beauty to watch and as he keeps rounding out his game it's the 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 <laughs> what, what did Michael Jordan say in his The the ceiling is the god. What what did he say? The floor is the ceiling. I don't know. He he butchered that whole saying. But nah, man. Sky's the limit for this guy, man. This he has all the intangibles, all the skill. Just be be on the lookout. De- definitely, just keep an eye on him, man. He is he's land waste uh to to
1: dudes out here. Yeah, I don't know who you give him next, though. So. Like do you, do you I wanna say risk it, but do you risk it versus Jack Ray on that undercard in um in Australia? Uh, or or do you or do you take like a sideways step and you match you match him up with um someone else in the like in the bottom top fifteen?
2: Um
0: let me let me let me I haven't looked at the rankings in a very long
1: time. Dana White said he had an opponent in mind for him. But they that they want to sit down and talk about it like on Tuesday or something. And I saw somebody at the presser actually um suggested Anderson Silva. But I don't think Anderson Silva would take the fight.
0: Anderson's talking about fighting Connor. Yeah, feel like Anderson's <laughs> trying to
1: cash out. Like he, yeah. He's good.
0: Yeah. Um, ah, who, who, who would be a good. Yeah, because I'm going to say, like, if you. Alright, so Brunson was. This is the first time in, in, like, 50 episodes that I've actually pulled up the rankings. <laughs> but just for the sake of conversation. Uh, So, Brunson was ranked number six. Adesanya was number nine. Uh, So, in between Brunson and Adesanya was Branch and Costa. Branch just lost, so I don't think that fight's going to happen. And Costa seems like he's tied to, uh, I I guess, Romero. Yeah. Um, If you go backwards, he already beat Tavares. I don't think any of us care to see Antonio Carlos Jr. Uriah Hall could be a fun striking match, potentially um maybe that fight if you just want to see two guys because you know your rod hall is not going for takedowns so that that could be just a fun aesthetically pleasing fight but outside of that like moving ahead of brunson you had jacare gaslam who's already in title fight wyvin coming off a loss and rockhold so and rockhold's injured right yeah who knows yeah, if he'll, so, and he'll be back yeah, so, like, by default, if you move forward in terms of rankings, Jacare is, like, the only... Yeah, unless you give him Weidman coming off a loss, but I don't think they'll do that. I mean, Weidman
1: seems to want the toughest fight out every single time, so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he was like, oh, I'll sign you in Australia? Yeah, I'll totally do that.
0: And I think, I think though, the, the Jacare fight... I mean, he's already super legit, but... If Adesanya were to beat Jacare, a guy who we know if Jacare gets him down, that's over. That, that is a wrap. Um, I think you like if you sidestep. I'd say Anderson Silva or your Hall, because the, these just these other guys who were ranked. Um, I'm I'm not really interested in seeing him fight and can't do Thiago Santos. That would have been fun, but he, he's at 205 now, so. Um, I I I would like I would, if you're gonna step backwards or or sideways so to speak, Ural Hall because he's still ranked in the top fifteen wouldn't mind that fight. This is a fun striking match. Um, but other than that, I, I think Jacare you kind of would. I think that's the fight you kind of have to make.
1: Like I wouldn't mind if they put him in that um that on the uh Australia card, that pay per view. Like I wouldn't mind if he got like a showcase fight. But even then, like, Millway, it's so weird, I can't think of who would be a showcase fight. Because it just feels like everybody there is just like, like we said, like a tough dad. Like, right. like I'm, I'm, I'm sure point, there are guys I he mean, can uh, style on, but like, is are, are any of them going to be any better than, like, him beating the crap out of Darren Br- uh, Derek Brunson? Right. And I
0: don't want to see him. If, if you're going to fight a tough dad, at least let it be a tough dad who's ranked. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah i, I don't want to see you just beating up on some poor old guy
1: you don't want to see him like fight um i don't know tom bree well that's not to give me fight uh that could be a fun fight though tom breeze versus Is- yeah, yeah. That,
0: that would be an aesthetically pleasing fight. i
1: don't know if it does anything for israel though
0: yeah that that would that would that would be pretty much a showcase like this is a fight where we can show off his skills but like yeah ranking wise and it, yeah that it doesn't really move the needle one way or another it'd be just kind of one of those fights that like oh that happened it's on a highlight reel now but not not like a ton of substance to it i yeah, mean but i say it man he, he's swimming with the sharks at this point i say just do the jackery fight and shoot whoever wins that Title <laughs> at, at this point.
1: Do they really want to um, like do like do they really want to book Jacare, uh Whitaker too? Probably not.
0: Yeah, they, they yeah. Considering how that first fight, was, I mean,
1: they probably they would book Gaslam uh, Jacare too in a heartbeat. I'm sure, just because of how good that first fight was. But
0: but uh, Jac- Jacare is a golden glove boxer. Huh? Yeah, (laughs) we'll we'll see though. We'll we'll, we'll see what they uh, what they do with Adesanya. But that was the main card. Ooh, ooh, I Um, got one.
1: Nick Diaz. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hey man, if Nick wants to come out of his cave from where he's playing nunchucks and doing whatever else Nick Diaz does, um, no, I don't know. Why not? (laughs) I guess. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, well,
0: well, I, I don't I feel like Nick's not gonna come out for that though. But hey, if they throw it out there, with the way the sport is now, why, why not?
1: I mean, he's gonna need money eventually, right? Like I don't know, like what how his, the weed business is treating him. there has got to be more profitable If if you need a, uh, I was gonna say freak show. If you need a showcase C fight, that would be it.
0: What was the name of that promotion he started?
1: War blasted,
0: like One Card.
1: What was it? Yeah, War MMA. Yeah, One Card, yeah. and Justin Basement was the main event.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll,
0: we'll see what they do with that. Justin Basement but... was
1: one half of the greatest Bellator prelim fight ever. So, <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Uh
0: or MMA, good good times, good times, but, yeah, man, he's amazing, so keep, keep an eye on him, amazing performance, so that was the main card, uh, main card was really, really dope, like, all of these fights were good, there there weren't any, the, the main event for me was a little lackluster, only because I, I kind of expected it to go like that, there weren't really, like I said, Derek Lewis didn't, like, land a, a crazy right hand within, like, the first minute or so, I, I kind of knew how that fight was going to go. But overall man, the, the main card was really great. L- lots of exciting fights. Um it was all finishes minus the the Marshman Robison fight, but that fight even though it went all 3 rounds was pretty entertaining all throughout. So really really solid main card. Uh moving on to the prelims. Uh Jordan, oh well now I'll let the listeners know, um I didn't get a chance to rewatch a lot of these prelims, so uh forgive me. I'm going off my old man memory. <laughs> uh but uh uh, feature prelim fight Jordan Rinaldi Jason Knight um, the, the, the woes of Jason Knight continue uh, <laughs> Rinaldi just he was just able to take him down and grapple him and control him and beat him up on the ground and Knight just wasn't really he, he just wasn't able to do much like it just it wasn't it wasn't a lot there not not a lot happened um, yeah on
1: his okay like, I, I hate i hate this fight because it, it's just like it, it's one of those things like oh he dropped down uh he was a big lightweight who dropped down to featherweight and won a fight in by like 30 25 or whatever on the card so yeah that's what i'm gonna do now Yeah, it, it's like the anti-robert whittaker or anthony jo- uh, johnson or something like that but it was a fine performance from rinaldi um the The only memorable part of it though was jason Knight giving us the uh the finger wag
0: <laughs> wow he's defending uh, a <laughs> yeah 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 that that, that was that was a, a pure jason knight
1: moment yeah but uh, solid one all the same
0: yeah so, solid performance uh Rinaldi was shredded at forty five um so we'll, we'll we'll see what he can do
1: keep an eye on that weight cut,
0: yeah, I mean he he said at fifty five that he didn't really have to cut much weight at all, so apparently this weight cut for him was pretty good. I
1: easy. don't believe him,
0: <laughs> but as for Jason Knight, that's four in a row, four losses in a row, I think
1: um, I mean what you yeah like, man like <sighs> Ricardo Lamas through his careers bro, like I'm sorry.
0: That's crazy because, like, Knight, he started off on a really good tear. And then just, yeah.
2: <laughs> like,
1: dude, like, <laughs> I, I, we talk about burnout. Like, he had that freaking battle with Chaz Kelly, and two months later he's fighting Ricardo Llamas. Like, you, you're asking to burn your dude out. Like, that was, that was his third fight of the year at that point.
0: And not even just that, like, to jump from Chas Kelly to Ricardo Lamas, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> featherweight has enough, uh, more than enough quality fighters to where you could have gave him another fight.
1: Dude, that was his that, fifth fight in 365 days.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And, yeah, to get Lamas, like, there, there are enough quality fighters at featherweight to where you could have, you could have gave him a fight that would have challenged him and had it not be against somebody who was just so far ahead of him like <laughs> he, he didn't, didn't he didn't need that and yeah like you said after that KO he has never been the same
1: mhm
0: he's yeah it life life changed really fast after that
1: but, and the, like the like he didn't look too bad against Makwan Mirkani, if i remember right that was a really close fight
0: yeah i think i think it was a split, yeah want to say so but yeah, silence performance from Ronaldo though um just able to take night down pretty much at will did what he want um and new 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 guy featherweight dropping down from lightweight uh this next fight <laughs> sajari eubanks roxanne modifere
1: so um, one of these women was almost almost um like i don't even know what i how to explain it, but one of these women almost got this pay-per-view canceled i guess Right? And because she, So Jerry Weeks is supposed to fight for the title Tonight, or last night or For this card It was supposed to be the main event And what was the first thing we said When when they announced that?
2: White oh
1: up. Yep <laughs> And then here she comes She comes in at 127.2 so, you know. Yep. Disaster avoided. Thank yeah. you, Dirk. <laughs> Derek Lewis should get, like, double the check.
0: Yeah, key key to the city. Uh, <laughs> all that good the key stuff. Key
1: to all the Popeyes <laughs> everywhere.
0: Right. He should have a manager key. He can just walk in any store at any time. Even when they're closed, he can just go fry his own chicken yeah. in the back. But, yeah. Uh, disaster avoided. Um, Except for Roxanne Mataferri. furry, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for I- excluding all of the side stories and weight cuts and all, all of that craziness, um, like she, she, Eubanks is a, is a talented fighter. Like she's she's really strong. She hits pretty hard. Um, I don't remember a ton of this fight in in super detail, but like there, there's something there. It just seems like she's I hope she's not just on that path of she'll be one of those fighters that was pretty talented, but just due to I don't know if you want to call a lack of discipline or whatever issue she has outside of the cage, you would hate for that to be the thing that would be like oh that's why you never really made it because. It's been...
1: Well, the issue is she's fucking jacked.
0: Yeah, she's yeah she's big. She's
1: uh... like like she's only five three, but like she is. She, like, I don't look at her and think, "Oh my God!" Like she she didn't train for this fight. I look at her and think, "Oh my God," this woman could probably could be at 135, and needless to say that's probably what should be happening for her. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, like, if you look at the way and moments of this fight where she can just kind of push people around, I don't think at 35 she's given up like a ton of stuff. No, she's still gonna be pretty powerful at 35, and I, I think she's skilled enough to. She she'll be able to hang with him. I don't know how far she goes at thirty
1: five. It, like it's worth noting, like she is thirty three, thirty four years old. Like that weight cut is not getting any easier. Right. So.
0: But yeah, poor poor Ferry, Um. <laughs> uh. I mean, she she still took the fight. Uh. Regardless of all the weight issues and all that all that stuff. But uh. I remember her eating some hard shots. She got taken she down, got knocked um, down once. Yeah. Um. You you, you banks put it on her. She 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 definitely put it on her. But um. Yeah. It's it's like after one of these performances, like it's a good, it's a solid performance from Eubanks. But after the fight is over, you just kind of left wondering like where, how much does this really mean? Like where where does this really go from here? Because I can't imagine that. At one twenty five, that you're not getting any title shots anytime soon. That that's out the window. That is I I thought they pushed Montano to the back of the line. They probably pushed you back even further. You're not in the line. You're like outside yeah, of the she, building. Not she the probably
1: would have got the shot afterwards. Or something like right. that. Like so, a big fight, yeah. but like you, you can't make weight.
0: Yeah. And it's you, you can't make weight and it's not like you're coming close. Or, not, not honestly, not even that. Like you're, you're not, you're not. <laughs> you don't get the Darren Till treatment where the UFC really believes in you and they want you to be champ. So they just kind of overlook your mishaps. Right. Like you're not gonna be afforded that because you're just in their eyes, you're not that star. You're not. You don't get that pass. So yeah, I I would say, you know, she she's a talented fighter. Just go up to 135. That's another division that <laughs> kind of is it's it's in disarray um especially like regarding like that middle of the pack but pretty much everybody who's not the champ that 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 division's kind of just all over the place you you could realistically sneak in potentially reel off a couple of wins put off a couple you could stick around in that division for a while because it just it's in such disarray um you, you could go there and make something happen um so I think she should go to thirty five, but we'll 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 see uh what happens. Still feel bad for Modifray though. I wanted her to pull this out. But you know, life life had other plans. Right. right? Um but that, that 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 fight happened. That was that was a thing uh that happened. Uh but con- congrats to you banks nonetheless. But go go to one thirty five man. Don't don't become a casualty of trying to kill Because you had like kidney failure, I think in one of her other weeks.
2: The one that was nah, for that, the that's title. Not,
0: yeah, like like that's <laughs> when you're getting kidney failure, trying to cut weight. That's that's a sign. That's not a good look. Not a good look at all. Um, but she she beat Matafre by decision. Pretty much swept the cards. Thirty twenty seven across the board. Um, moving on to the next fight, the bloodiest fight of the evening. Probably the year. Uh, Shaiman, Mar- <laughs> yeah, just sh- Shaman Marais and uh, Julio Arce. Um, I posted on Twitter like a day ago. I, I was excited for this fight because. If if you I, I was a fan of Moraes and, and when he was in World Series of Fighting before they became PFL, Maris's only losses in his career in his career was to Marlon Moraes and Zabit, which Zabit turned out well. We, we've seen what Zabit is. Um, he, he's kind of a freak, and Marlon Morrice, I believe, will be the future bantamweight champ. But even at that time, Moraes was a top bantamweight in the world, so it's not like those losses were anything to be ashamed of. Um i think he's a pretty fun fighter he's a really powerful striker puts on really good fights um and this was another one of those entertaining fights he won via split decision um he rocked rsa um a couple of good times uh dropped him a few times Uh, (laughs) rsa rsa spent the whole second half of the first round on marias's back uh (laughs) just like trying to choke him out he did a really slick move to like jump on the cage and, like, take Mariah's back. That was really, really slick. Uh, the way he pulled that off. Then then just kind of hung around like a backpack. Uh, tried to get the choke. Didn't get on the first round, but... He was clearly trying to work takedowns. Marais was trying to throw hands. Um, I can't remember which round, but Morice caught him with an elbow. Like, right on the line of his head. And blood flew everywhere. Like, and I don't mean, like... It wasn't just like, oh, it's trickling down. Like, no, this blood was it went from like a miniature cut to now the blood is all the way down my shoulder and back within like five seconds <laughs> like, Gushing. It, it was yeah it was bad that yeah that was one of the bloodiest fights you'll see all year um like, but they the, had a the fun worst part
1: about the help was it didn't do like if you were watching it like in like real time it, it didn't look like you hurt him that much i just cut him yeah because right they,
0: the they yeah, they're not like he didn't even get like stumbled or anything it was just one of those we're clinching, and i'm just gonna hit, hit you with a quick elbow and it just happened to yeah, know, apparently yeah a second tap- one in the
1: back of his head
0: yeah he had blood from the bottom of his hairline like <laughs> like oh, i don't even know how you get cut back there like <laughs> like what happened to you but um no, this is a really entertaining fight. They had a fun back and forth. Um, but Like I said, Marais was able to drop him a couple times. Uh, it was a close fight, but Marais won a split decision. Um, I, I, I like Marais, man. I I don't think he's going to be like a champion, but I, I just think he'll be a guy at featherweight who he'll be able to stick around. He'll give you some fun fights. He'll give you a few highlights every now and again. Um, but I, I like his game. I was glad they brought him over from World Series of Fighting because I thought he was one of the better fighters. So um, I, I was happy to see uh, Marais get the win. But yeah, this this was a really bloody... This was a bloody contest. A very, very, very bloody contest.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm kind of sad that they didn't get the, the fight of the night. Um, not because they deserved it any more than, like, the Favala, uh, Vanada, or Wyman Jackray, but, like, Moraes is, like, a world-class striker. Like, he's fought... He, he, I don't know if he won, but he fought at, like, Lumpini Stadium, which is basically... I don't know, like the UFC of Muay Thai? Uh, like, that's the closest comparison I can think of. Um, and there's a dude who was driving Uber for, like, two years because, like, the UFC didn't want him. And for whatever reason, World Series of Fighting was just having trouble getting in fights or didn't wasn't even trying to book him or anything. So, you know, it, it's, uh, like, that's uh, life changing money for some of these guys on the undercard. Um, but as for the fight, it was, it was tremendous. Um, Maresh did a great, like... Uh, Arce, for uh, as good as he is, like the one thing that he does that it was what cost him here is he will just sit at range with people and expect to beat them in the sharpshooting contest. And Maresh was more powerful, a little bit quicker, and, and more disciplined. Like, he, he did the straight rise down... like. That's what hurt. um That's what dropped Arce twice. The right hands down the, or mi- uh, yeah, right hands down the middle. Um, which is funny because this is how he drops people. Um, open guard, orthodox for south ball, just spam that left hand. Um, like Rogan and commentary were like, why isn't Arce trying to take Mirage down? And I'm just like, have you seen them like get into clinch exchanges like? Muresh is just way stronger. Um, he got his back in the first round though by literally climbing up and jumping off of the cage, which was really neat.
2: <laughs> um,
1: did did way better in the third round when he was the one he was pushing Muresh back, um, fainting a lot more, getting him to react and you know show the right hand. Uh, if he had done that earlier on, he might have actually, he might have taken another round on another judge's scorecard and got the win. But uh, uh, a good performance from both sides.
0: Yeah, so definitely definitely will give that fight a watch. Um, and like I said, I really like Morice's game. Uh, somebody who I think will put on a lot of fun fights in the future. Somebody hit striking. There, there's always a um, there's always a market.
1: <laughs> for, uh, yeah for, for sure for, for guys sure. Like, like that there's yeah. it, a dude you can stick on a card in the northeast or a card in Brazil and he's just always going to produce a fun fight
0: Yeah. so shout out, outs to him uh moving on down rounding out the Fox Sports prelims uh Lyman Good and Ben Saunders <laughs> so I don't remember much of what happened in the beginning of this fight but uh it was funny because when I saw this fight uh, matchup, I was like, "Boy, these, these are this is like the most veteran fight you can make." <laughs> like,
1: Boy, this sure, about this too. sure is one hell of a Be- uh, Bellator welterweight tournament final.
0: Right. <laughs> like, this is definitely a Bellator fight from like '08. <laughs> Whenever I first started watching Bellator, this is straight this out is like of that. This, this is 2012, 2013. That. Yeah, this was back when like Ben Saunders was was fighting Lima all those times. <laughs> like this, this should have happened back then, but um, yeah. So be- Bellator uh transported his way to a Fox Sports one card or <laughs> well, Fox Sports one prelims. Um, but man, Saunders was trying to you know work the clinch, be lanky with his uh with his knees. He is really good in the clinch, but um he fired off some knees. Um, according to him, I guess he thought he had Lyman Good hurt. But that did not happen. And while he was firing off knees, uh, Lyman Good was throwing uppercuts. And he threw them repeatedly and often. And uh, he just threw them until Ben Saunders tumbled backwards, ate some ground and pound, and then he died. And Lyman Good walked off in the sunset and got a a pretty emphatic win. And I, I couldn't help but think after that KO, you no, know, Saunders man, he's been around the block for a while, but I don't know, man. I, I've
1: been saying for a while that Ben Saunders fighting makes me uncomfortable because every time he gets hit, he looks like he's on death's door.
0: Yeah. And this 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 was a uh... This was one of those <laughs> This was no different. Yeah. yeah. Good for him and good though, man. Like for people who haven't followed his career, like he's been around for a while. Um, Going on
1: 13 years of fighting.
0: Yeah, and, like, if you look at a lot of his his losses, which I honestly aren't, like, many, a lot of the ones he's had maybe within, like, the last er, five years or so have been to, like, pretty good names. Like, back when he was in Bellator, um, and this is dating back to 2010, (laughs) but his Bellator losses were to Askren, Rick Hahn, who I guess for all purposes was like a top oh, guy. In, uh, in,
1: finish, I'll, I'll go back to that.
0: you say uh, Askren Hahn and Korshkov were his losses in Bellator. Um, and then in the UFC, he had the loss to uh, uh, Zaleski, but we that was a, we know That what was, was
1: a close-ass fight where I thought he won, so.
0: Yeah, so for all intents and purposes, like, Lyman Good has been around for a long time. I, I didn't think he would... His UFC career has gone, like, a lot better than I think I probably gave him credit for. Like, I mean, it's been short. He's only had three fights in the UFC, but like you said. He's been in the UFC since
1: 2015.
0: Yeah. It doesn't seem like that long because he's only fought three times.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Like. like... It doesn't seem that long, but, like, he's put on good performances, like, every out. Like even like I said in the loss to Zaleski, it wasn't like it was a uh, a wash of a fight.
1: So, I don't know if I've told this story, but like, so I, I, I've, I've said this before. My aunt used to be on the Tiger Showman's fight team. Like she was a pro fighter. Um, but so if you look at Wyman Good's record after he wins the Bellator Welterweight Tournament, there's like a year gap and where he just doesn't fight. He actually tore his rotator cuff um i think that's what it was something like that or so how that happened was one day in training i, I guess him and the boys were going too hard and he po his shoulder popped like it came out the socket right hmm. so in that situation what do you do
0: probably should stop right But he
1: didn't. Well, well, well. Well, he... I don't remember which Steven Seagal movie it was. But apparently there's a Steven Seagal (laughs) movie where he also pops his shoulder. And to pop it back into place, he runs shoulder first into a wall until it's fixed. So... What do you think Lyman does? Hey man, only only the strong survive.
2: <laughs> so he <laughs> so he ends up
1: like just tearing his rope to glove, like, and he's out for like fifteen months. According to my aunt, like, he was just never the same again after that. Because if you go back and watch like his early fights, it's him literally just running through dudes, and that like he was forced to just slow down. Like he doesn't have the same output he used to. And the reason like if you go back and watch that Rick Holland fight, he looks shot. Like I, I was ready to like at that point I was thinking his career was over. Like I'm actually shocked he came back and had as good as a run as he did. Cause he, he he looked like like not shot in the sense that like he like he wasn't physically there, but like shot in the sense is like when guys get Touched, and they look like they they just shut down. Like Francis Agano, Francis Agano was Dark Lewis. He looked like that. Ooh. Not not as bad, but like, okay, this isn't the same guy obviously from three years ago. Right. So I, I'm really happy to see him like seven years later actually still not only having a career but picking up wins and getting like fight night bonuses and stuff.
0: Hey man, good, good on lineman. Good, been around the block and he's 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 still here, knocking dudes out. He's only thirty
1: three. That's crazy.
0: Right. It, it seems like he's. Been, <laughs> it seems like he should be like thirty eight. Like I feel like I've been watching him fight for a long time. I I'm
1: and I watched him fight in the World Combat League with um. Chidinjekwani. Oh yeah. He looks in really good shape too. Oh yeah, dude, dude, dude is. Dude, he's shredded. He's, he's always fucking looked like that. It's crazy because like he, he, he's still a big welterweight, but like back in like 2011, I was like thinking like, who the hell is this lineman good at welterweight?
0: <laughs> man, but no, nah, yeah. Shout out to the lineman good man. That's that's a good performance. Um, he's he's been putting on some good fights, man. Still out here, still out here handling business. So. On him, um, that rounds out the Fox Sports Ones prelims, uh, and moving on to the Fight Pass uh, prelims, which there were three fights. Uh, moving on to uh, what was probably <laughs> probably could, you could have argued this for Fighter the night. Uh, Matt Frivola and Lando Venata. Uh, for you guys who don't know, Lando Venata, I think before this fight, uh, left Jackson's. Uh, ironically, I think he went to Cerrone's Ranch. <laughs> Which, if you've been following that whole, you know, situation, but um, yeah, man, this this was a <laughs> a crazy back and forth fight. Um, Fanata came out like really measured. Uh, wasn't it wasn't like super reckless, um, or as wild as we have seen him. I mean, he still was throwing that spinning back kick and wheel kick, all kinds of wildness. But he was being a lot more like patient with his strikes. Uh, but Favola was—they both were game. Like they both were <laughs> were throwing back and forth. They both hurt each other. Um, I think uh, Venata caught Favola with a head kick in round one. But by the end of round one, I think Favola ended up dropping him too, or he he at least stung him one really good time. Um, and they just kind of like alternated because I think in, in the second round, I think the second round was more Venata. Venada really poured it on him in that second round. Um, I think he dropped him a couple of times. Um like I said, he was just being really, like, economical with his striking. Even in the moments where he would have R- Frivola hurt. Um, he wasn't rushing in like crazy to get the finish. He would go in for a flurry, but if the finish didn't really, like, materialize, he didn't try to force it. Um, but, nah, man, they they were going back and forth. Fanata put it on him in the second round. Uh, I actually thought that Favola was going to get the nod because I think, like I said, Venada started off the first strong with a head kick, but I think I would gave Favola, like, the rest of that round because I feel like – I think he heard him by the end of the, the first, um, and I felt like he had more output. The second round I gave the Venada because he was really – he was pointed on Favola, man. And props to Favola for – he has really good recovery because he got rocked a couple of times and was able to, like, recover and – just looked really good after what seemed like he was about to get put out of there and he would still like him mount comebacks, land his own good strikes. Um, so I think I gave the second to Venata and then I think I had edged the third to Favola. Cause I just felt like Venata was really good with like being patient and he was like the aggressor. He was the one like kind of walking Favola down, but I don't know. Stats may prove me wrong. I, I didn't feel like he was throwing as much. I felt like Favola was more active. And then there was a flurry within like the last 20 seconds where Favola kind of tagged him. And I thought Favola was actually going to get the nod, but it ended up being a draw. Um, scores were 29-28, and then 28-28, 28-28. So, I'm not mad at the draw, though. It was a really, really close fight. Um, had the Jacare-Widman uh, fight not been a thing, this easily would have been fight of the night. Both dudes rocked each other. Great back-and-forth scrap. Favola was really on point, like I said, really just great recovery skills. Uh Venada, like I said, really being economical, uh, with his striking. Um but nah, this, this was a awesome, this is an amazing fight back and forth. And if it's gonna be a draw, we might as well just run this back. because yeah, we deserve more violence. They should have did like a sudden death fourth round and wanna
1: take off. I wish that was the thing. I'm fine with draws man. Unless they're for like a tournament or something or title, like I'm fine. Uh but not a man. (sighs) He's just so talented but so hittable. Like and and not like the Tony Ferguson sort of hittable where like once Tony Ferguson gets hit, like he has an idea of what distance and range is, and like he starts being defensive. I mean, like if if Vanada like if, if you sit around in the pocket long enough with Venada and you survive the storm, he's just gonna be there to get tagged. And all really, really made him pay for that just by like the like he dropped him off of a le- like an empty leg kick, I think. Devinada through where he's just like, okay, I'm gonna just throw this out and it's not really gonna be with any power. It's just I'm just gonna try and hit you tap you with it, and then he ended up uh getting rocked by it. Like this is his second draw in the UFC. Both in fights he probably should have like won. Um like, like you say, it was like one it, of three contenders for fight of the night um like I can't say that Vanada leaving uh Jackson's was a bad idea mostly because like I, I wasn't seeing the growth I needed to see out of him while he was there so I don't know if Cowboys Ranch is really a better place for him um but shout-outs to Matt Frivola who was definitely, like, the B-side here. Um, coming in and fighting to a draw. He's really hard-fought, like... this only, like, his seventh fight, I think. Seventh or eighth.
0: Yeah, I feel like his stock kind of raises. Like, oh,
1: dude, absolutely. Like, this is a dude who got yeah. knocked out by Marco Polo Reyes in his last fight.
0: And then, yeah, comes out, puts on a draw. And like I said, you, you could argue that he may have won this fight, but it was it was that close. And he, he definitely, you know, had as many good moments as Venata as did. Um, every time I watch Venata fight, I just wonder, like, <laughs> in hindsight, was the Tony Ferguson fight, was that maybe like a bad thing? Was it bad that he had such a good performance in that fight? and maybe like his career just like kind of got rushed yeah that that yeah i I can't help but think that like maybe something he would have progressed different if he just would have i mean you can't really fault him like he got called up on short notice you know why not take that fight and i mean he almost won it had he won that fight who knows it's we could be talking about a whole different thing right now but it has almost seemed like his career was too much too soon and then he just, like, he's been playing catch-up this whole time.
1: Yeah, like, for not, uh, how long has not been fighting, like, he's been fighting for, like, six years. Alright, um, uh, maybe, maybe this is just us finding out that he's just not as good as we thought he could be. Like, the matchmaking's been tough, but it hasn't been, like, egregious, like, he beat John McDessey and then had to fight David Taymor, who himself was coming off of, like, you know, wins over Jason Novelli and Martin Svenson. Who, yeah, so, like yeah. I mean, the Bobby Green fight was, like, okay. That that was a tough one. And Dracar Close is a sneaky tough fight. But, like, Matt Favola was a dude he should have beat. Not because Favola yeah. is, like, some scrub as far as i know like i i have only ever seen him get knocked out <laughs> by marco Reyes, and marco Reyes is a better fighter than uh than than people give him credit for but like, like yeah, no, they, they gave
0: him yeah they they gave him fights he could have he could have yeah, won
1: but like at the same time there's maybe it's just pressure like there's a dude who like like you said, he just had all the expectations of the world, um, and was basically crowned before ever getting a U- win in the UFC. And look uh, where he is now: he's one three, he's one three in the UFC with two draws. And the, it, like uh, that 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 Bobby Green fight, he he should have won. If it wasn't for a knee, he would have won the fight.
0: Eh, such is life such is yep. life but either way um if you got fight pass you can go back and rewatch that fight worth like it the, yeah worth it go back go back and watch all that beautiful violence <laughs> that you may have missed out on that was, that's definitely one of the fights you have to go back and watch um this next fight also a really good performance uh Shane Burgos versus Kurt Hollibaugh. man i feel bad for Hollibaugh. i've been watching hallbauer since strike and <laughs> He's all—he's been one of those guys that like he always puts on a good fight, but just never can, like, he just never comes out on the good end of the stick. Like, this this fight was really awesome though. Like, both guys, they they both came to fight. Like, they just met in the middle. Um, I I wouldn't say this was rock 'em sock 'em robots. It, it, if it was rock 'em sock 'em robots, it was like a very technical <laughs> rock 'em sock 'em robots. Like. Burgos was firing off that jab they both were throwing good combinations they both were landing good shots um they, they just they just met right in the middle and just kind of threw down but like it was a really technical like they weren't being wild with it they both were picking shots really well they were really fast really tight with their boxing um and like I said they both were landing good shots Hollerball ends up dropping Burgos after they had like a little back-and-forth exchange. I think once he caught him with a left drops him <laughs> Everything looked like it's going his way. He goes in for some ground and pound Immediately Burgos snatches that arm up. He gets that arm bar in extra deep and taps Hollerball out <laughs> in about two minutes uh, into the fight and that's all she wrote and Burgos Gets a, another just really impressive performance after getting knocked down. Captures wits about him, um, and, and snatches up his arm. And for Hollibaugh, that's oof. I don't know how many losses straight that is, but I gotta think that's not gonna oof, not looking good, man. Not looking good. But props to Burgos, though. Like it was a really good performance from both for as long as it lasted. But. Like I said, Burgos just kept his wits about him even after getting rocked, snatched up the armbar, and got himself a, a really impressive finish.
1: Yeah. they um, just can't buy a win in the USA. Too bad for a Hullabah. Um I, I worry a little bit about Burgos' chin. Like He got knocked out for the first time in his last fight. He gets knocked down by Kurt Hollabaugh here. But, I mean, Hobo's not, like, a big knockout puncher, so. But, for, for as long as I've heard, of, like, heard about him and heard stories in the gym about Burgos, like, his grappling game has always been substantially better than his striking game. So, uh, it was nice to see a little bit of that here, even under the circumstances it was presented. Um. Yeah, no, uh, big win for Burgos. Gets back, uh, gets out the lost column. Um, shows that he can still fight when hurt. Um, and not, not like a whole bunch to say after that. Like, I, I'm interested in who they match him up with next, just because featherweight is such a tough division. Like I can see them just having him fight the guy who just beat his teammate in Shaman Marais, and I can't. I I'll imagine that being like a good fight for him, but I'd be interested in it.
0: Yeah, I don't see yeah, because yeah, if Holabird drops you, Marais might take your head off. <laughs> but no, nah, at at featherweight, there there's definitely no shortage of opponents. So, and I mean he got out of this fight. I not say unscathed. He ate some shots, but. Um yeah, we'll we'll see what they do with him next. They he's there there are no shortage of people at featherweight. He'll he'll find somebody to to, to tango with. But good win on him. Great uh comeback getting the armbar and the last fight of the evening, Marcos Rogério De Lima and Adam uh Wizard Wizardk, probably saying that all
1: wrong, but um
0: not not a ton really to say. What weren't these both middleweights? Or Marco was a 205er?
1: Marcos Ferreira de Lima was a 205er. Adam which I can't imagine he was a, ever a 205er cuz the dude's like 250 pounds, and he looks like a string bean.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I, I thought Marcos was a 205er. Um but yeah, Marcos so Marcos comes up the heavyweight. Um not not really like a super exciting fight. Um you mean not good. <laughs> like it, there weren't like a ton of. I felt like Delima could have got the finish if he just would have threw his hands more because this, this was one of those fights where like Adam clearly wanted this fight on the ground. He got like he got a good takedown in the first, um, but after that takedown, I think Lima had swept him and reversed it, and after that, it was pretty much Delima's fight for the rest of the, the rest of the contest. Like, when they were on the feet, it was clearly who was better, who hit harder. I just felt like if DeLima would have let his hands go, but he was just really content to grapple and take Adam down and just kind of have one of those slow, heavyweight, grind him out fights. But it was just like, if you, I think if he just would have stood on the feet, he could have got Adam out of there pretty quick. But either way, DeLima comes up from 205. Pretty, he handles Adam pretty effortlessly. Um, nah, no, yeah, not, not really a, a ton to dive in with that fight but he uh marcos uh Rogerio de lima won via a unanimous decision he swept the cards thirty twenty-seven, all across the board nice i mean not really but yeah that was that was, that was it that was that was card so um yeah that was ufc 230 um pretty good card man like outside of that <laughs> the fight we just mentioned all of these other fights pretty much had oh, well, uh the Rinaldi and Jason Knight fight wasn't a ton to really watch other than the you know, the Matambo wave. But like all of these fights had pretty good entertainment value. You had like three fights that could have gotten Fight of the Night. Um like I said the Fravola Venata fight was amazing. Uh rice and Arth fight was really, really good and bloody. And uh, Jacare and Weidman put on two of the best performances either one of them has ever put on. Um So, I mean, th- this card gave you a little bit of everything. Um You got a lot of good finishes. Uh You got to see Adesanya continue to make his ascension in the middleweight division. Um You got Ronaldo and Weidman, or R- Ronaldo Schiltz, uh Jacare still showing signs of life. He- he's not done yet. He's actually getting better. Cormier just... Adds another notch on his belt. Um, Cannonier inserts himself as a new challenger at middleweight. Um, so, yeah, lot, lots of, you know, a lot, lot of good entertaining fights. Um, definitely, definitely a card, I think, going give it back to watch if you didn't miss it or, uh, I mean, if you didn't watch it and you want to go back and check it out, I think it's definitely worth a rewatch. I mean, um, like I said, the main card was...
1: Dana White, this is trending to be the second highest pay-per-view card of the year. Yeah, really? so, I mean, not really, as a, like, because uh, up until now, the only other one contender would have been, like, the Stipe DC Fight card, or the and Nganu card, which I think did three fifty to, like, 400000 each, so. Hmm.
0: Good on good on him. I mean, it, it was a good card. It was definitely, it was definitely worth the watch. Um, lot, like I said, a lot of, lot of good finishes, lots of good performances. Um, and in a fight <laughs> where there were four middleweight fights on the main card, this easily could have went the opposite direction. But hey, man, the middleweights showed out. They all put on good performances, so you know, it it, it turned out really well. So UFC 230 definitely go back and rewatch. It was a re- it was a really good card. Um, lots lots of good fights. So go go back and give it a watch. Lo- lots of good moments worth uh, going back and checking out. But that was a uh, UFC 230 and um i guess coming up next week um so you guys are probably going to hear from us a a lot there there are cards all this month every week (laughs) of november um and also i I gotta start prepping No, end of the year is coming uh we're we're coming up on the, the the second year of this podcast so we, we got to do another Dojo Talk uh, Awards episode. I want want to try to prep for this early, so I got to get my categories in order. Um, we'll probably bring some guests on for that one. Um, so that that should be fun. We'll have another fun episode where we just kind of get to just just fool around, not do anything too serious. Um, so that that'll be happening. But like I said, lot lots of fights coming before the end of this year. You guys will be hearing from us a lot. <laughs> Cause the fights do do not stop, and even outside of MMA, we still got uh, Wilder and Fury <laughs> coming up next month. So that's, that's gonna, gonna be funny. Yeah. That's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I think there was a UFC card that same night though. Um, I want to say, but even still, that's that's gonna be an interesting fight. So that, there'll be plenty of put uh, plenty of violence to go around. But that's uh, pretty much it in terms of the fights. Uh, so I guess we can just uh, move on to pardon shots and shout outs before we get out of here. So i um, got a couple of shout outs. Um, Glory had a card. Uh, I want to say this. I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. Uh, but Glory61 went down this past weekend. Uh, it was headlined by Sitacha And um, excuse me. Uh, and, uh, Josh Jouncey, uh, won the, uh, decision, uh, he defended his belt, I want to say this is for like the fifth or sixth time, uh, so dude has just continued his run, man, dude is a beast, (laughs) he's been a beast ever since he's been in glory, uh, shout outs to him, uh, but the main shout out I wanted to give was to, um, Anisa Mexican, uh, she defeated uh, J.D. Uh, Menezes by second round TKO. Um, if you don't know, Anissa had lost that belt. I, want, I can't remember if that was a split decision. I can't remember. But she lost the belt earlier this year. Um, I think that was this year. Yeah, BS uh, decision. Compton. Yeah, she she lost a decision. A lot of people felt she won. But she came back and she took her belt. Like, she took. <laughs> if you watch this, the ending flurry... That she put on uh, Meneses, it was very violent. Um, so she came back and she took that belt with 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 fury. So shoutouts to her. She took that belt back in in, in emphatic fashion. Um, shoutouts to all the good albums that have come out lately. Nick Jenkins, Pieces of a Man. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to the Fetty album, which is Alchemist, Freddie Gibbs, and Currency. I didn't think I was I'm not like a huge Freddie Gibbs fan or a huge currency fan, but I like Alchemist uh production. That album is really good. Um only like nine tracks, but a lot of good music coming out this month. Um I feel like I had another shout out. Shout out to DeMar DeRozan, man. I love my Spurs. I, I was a little iffy on the DeRozan trade, but he has proven <laughs> that he fits really well with this team. Um and I'm my my question in coming into this season was like, who was gonna be that guy, like when we needed to in clutch moments, who was gonna be that guy to rely on when we need someone to win us a game? Cause I don't believe Aldridge is that guy, but DeRozan has he's proven himself that he's uh, he he's that dude. Um, <laughs> so shout outs to uh, Demar DeRozan. Ah um, oh man, there was a KO sorry I got a lot of shout outs actually. Um shoutouts to I gotta find this KO and I'm gonna butcher these names but um so EFC had a card. I, I guess it's this happened this. It was undesigned. Design. Yeah. Um the KO right, I'm definitely gonna mess up both of these names, but um was Mwazondil Halongwa, is spelled M-Z-W-A-N-D-I-L, last name H-L-O-N-G-W-A. Um, he had one of the nastiest KOs I've seen this year um, against Torbjorn Madsen. Um, he landed a... He did a 1-2 into a spinning back elbow and then followed it up with another 1-2... Before Madsen finally just collapsed. I mean, Madsen was dead for half of the sequence. These were just extra punches that didn't even need to happen. But my God, this is one of the nastiest KOs I've seen this year. So shout outs to uh, Mr. Halongwa and uh, EFC. That was a nasty KO. Um, if you follow uh, Joe Lasando on Twitter or uh, uh, Grabaka Hitman, uh, one of them posted it. I think that's where I originally saw it. Go give that KO a watch. Um, and I actually do have a shot that I want to throw out. I um, got to throw a shot to uh, the University of Maryland uh, football team. So, I don't know, for you guys who don't, if, I don't know how far this story has like gotten across national news, but if you've been in Maryland, you've definitely heard about this. Um, the lost, uh University of Maryland football team, um, unfortunately, lost a player um, earlier this year. Um, it was a pretty big story that's uh, been circling around. Um, I won't get into the details of that story, but basically, it was a, it was pretty much a terrible case of of negligence. Um, the football player was a uh, Jordan McNair. Um, it was a really just nasty situation. Like he. He had a very... I want to say it was like a seizure or something during practice. It took them a very long time to give him medical attention. Like, I think like he had had a seizure or something. And then he... It took them like an hour for them to call an ambulance. It was a really bad... It was a terrible situation. Um, Unfortunately, McNair uh, passed. And... I just... I didn't... The way Marilyn handled it was just kind of... Just terrible. Like... One of your players dies under your watch. I'm sorry, but the coach has to go. Like especially when you just read into it, it was just, it was gross misnegligence. The coach has to go. So they reinstate uh, DJ Durkin, and then they fire him the day after. And uh, I feel like the only reason they even fired him was because um, there were a lot of plans from what I was hearing that um uh, students were. Planning to protest and like it was going to be a big big deal deservedly so um so i felt like they only really fired him it was just kind of trying to save face but it's just shots out you know just empty the clip <laughs> just i got to give them a shot because like why just do the right thing the first time it shouldn't have taken all of this heat and all of this pressure for you to finally decide, like, oh, we'll fire him after you clearly were going to reinstate him and you clearly still wanted him there. Like, it shouldn't... The situation shouldn't even have gone this far. Like, after DJ... I mean, not after DJ. After um, after McNair passed and the details of that whole situation came out, D- DJ Durkin should have been out of there. Like, that next day, he should have been gone. Um, but the NCAA as a whole is just kind of... It we've done many rants on the NCAA. They they're 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 wild. They're just kind of they're kind of garbage. But yeah, they're yeah they're terribly garbage. But yeah, just a shot to the University of Maryland for just handling that situation terribly. But the, rest in peace to Jordan McNair, man. Like just really unfortunate situation. And I feel bad for like a lot of his teammates because like I feel like I heard that like they've been having issues. Like a punter got beat up or something because he was talking to investigators. I don't know. A, a, a lot of a lot of bad has come from this situation, and I feel like it's going to be felt for years to come. Like the Maryland's in the Big Ten now. No, nobody's going to want to play for this school, like. And I, I feel for the players who are on the team. Like you're coming, you're just trying to play football, and now one of your teammates died, and it's just this is going to be a whole situation that you're probably just going to have to keep hearing about, like, over and over again. And I feel like they didn't even really get a lot of time to, like, really grieve and process it. Like, this this is just going to be an issue that they'll have to keep revisiting for a while. But, yeah, man, just terrible handling of that situation. But rest in peace to Jordan McNair and to, like, all his teammates and family. Like, I hope I hope you guys are finding a way to cope. That uh, This probably won't be easy for a while, but, you know, Hopefully it it'll, it'll come to pass, and you know you guys will be able to move on. But just just a messy, messy situation. But yeah, that's uh that's all I got for parting shots and and shout out.
1: Um, uh, shouts to um, Nonito Donaire. There we go. Um, pulled up a big upset win over Ryan Burnett. Went back down the bantamweight for the uh, the world boxing super series tournament. Uh, at uh, and he uh, he 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 won because Burnett got hurt. Like he threw a, a a right hand that, like I don't know if he just threw his hip out or like what happened, but it, like he just grabbed that hip and went to the ground. And was just like I can't fight anymore. So. You know, not entirely Donair's doing that he won the fight. But, hey, a win's a win. He's a champion, again, at 118. Um, he's going to fight Zolani Tate in the next round of the tournament. Looking forward to that. Josh, um, uh was it Josh Taylor, I think is his name was? Yeah, Josh Taylor. Um, boxer out of Edinburgh, Scotland. No, wait, yeah. Out of Edinburgh, Scotland. Um knocked out Ryan Martin. Uh well stopped him, TKO. Um, defended WBC super uh lightweight title. Um advances to the next round of the junior welterweight tournament. Um there's really, really good performance from uh from Taylor. Um, it's one of the favorites in the tournament to win the whole thing. Yeah, uh, uh, just and I guess shouts to uh, Miguel Berchelt who defended his what title was it? His WBC super featherweight title against Miguel Roman on ESPN Plus. Um, knocked up, got him out of there in the ninth round. So, and if you're looking for a fight for Tank Davis, that's the number one dude in his division right there. So. there we go yep fun times all around
0: violence everywhere yeah um but yeah like like we said man between <laughs> between the UFC giving us all these cards this month still got boxing going on other organizations outside of UFC still got stuff going on there was a on. K1 card yesterday yeah that, that, that was the thing <laughs> like you, you guys will probably be hearing from us uh a lot um and then with all the music coming out, uh, trying to keep up with album reviews, it's been kind of hard, because i still got my book release going on, which, if you're hearing this, uh, my debut book, The Oddball Chronicles, will be out November 4th. I'm sorry, not November 4th. Yeah, I was going to say, whoa. Uh, <laughs> it will be out November 12th, uh, which, at the time of this recording, is next Monday. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's going down. Pre-order's still up. You can... Um, pre-order for, for for the very cheap fee of 99 cents, so go ahead give that a pre-order, listen to my Road to the Oddbar Chronicle series if you're creative out there, just giving a lot of writing advice, creative advice, things of that nature, um, I'll probably do one more episode of that this week, uh, just, I don't know, wrapping up my overall thoughts before the book comes out, but um, yeah man, so you'll be hearing from us a lot, there will be plenty of more content in the future and we'll, we'll we'll probably end this year pretty strong there'll, there'll be a lot of content to come out and we like i said we're, we're hitting the two-year anniversary of this podcast um, kind of wild i didn't know i would last past 20 episodes and here we are at 108 and by the end of this month we'll be at like 111 <laughs> or something, something like that with, with all these cars they got going on crazy but, um, yeah <laughs> we, we've been at this for a minute uh We've been at this for a minute. We're the GOAT MMA podcast. I said it. I don't care. Best, best, best MMA podcast out there. Your favorites can't do what we do. We talked about UFC Moncton for three hours. God.
2: <laughs>
0: like, when you say shit like that, it just makes me feel bad about myself.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who else could, could dissect UFC Moncton for three hours? Who cares if it wasn't can We didn't talk
1: about UFC Moncton, or we just make fun of 205 for three hours.
0: Yeah, yeah it was it was 75 fifty fifty but uh yeah man we we all here we appreciate you guys for rocking with us for this long i didn't really realize it was about to be 2 years until like a couple of days ago like it's, we've really been doing this for a little bit but appreciate you guys man for listening and then reposting and supporting please continue to do so uh shout outs to ah, i didn't i didn't i didn't write it down we got another review on iTunes uh, probably about a week or so ago. Um, shout outs to whoever posted that review. I, I wish I could remember your name, but I, I did see it. Appreciate the the pop star. So, we out here. Yeah. Um. What's that going on? What? There's a lot
1: of noise. Oh, that's
0: background.
1: they're vacuuming downstairs. So we're ending at the perfect uh, time.
0: We definitely are. <laughs> but, You know, thank you guys for listening, man. Just really appreciate the support. Um, And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.